I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Just like that. Oh, it's happening? We're live. Okay, it's great. Happening. Oh, okay. How, How are we feeling? Now it's weird. It yeah. got weird all of a sudden. Why are you always going to make it awkward, Alex? <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of what I do. That's what you do? <laughs> so, do. Uh, David Jones, DJ. The other DJ. Yeah. Cajones. There you go. Yeah. There. So, I think it, it took me a while to figure out who you were, because when we first met, you had met me as DJ. You mentioned you're also DJ. So, I thought you were DJ and people would mention David Jones, and I could not for the life of me. Or it was the other way around. I don't remember which one I met you as. But people refer to you as Cajones and the other name, and for the life of me, I had no clue who it was. And finally, I think it was Alex who put together my brain that DJ and David are the same dude. I'm like, okay, Ooh. now I know who this is. What do you prefer? So it's, it's kind of weird. In my professional life, like for work and stuff like that, I tell people my name is David Jones. And that is how I differentiate who is my friend and who is a customer. And I'm, I'm saying this because most of my customers aren't going to, none of my customers are going to see this show. Well, except or, or for here. some skydivers are now customers. It, yeah, <laughs> some, some of the skydivers are now customers. And, and like, I've, I've slowly like transitioned to like, like, hey, you can just call me DJ. You know what I mean? Except for Mr. Lott here. Mr. Dude, I love calling you David I, Jones. I love it when Mr. Lott calls me David Jones because I call him Mr. Lott. You know why it is? I love people who have earned their first and last name. Like a John Barry, let's say. I was exactly like, where I You go don't to. just say John. Joe Getty. If you say John, I'm going to say who? It's John Barry, dude. It's Dave Jones. Yeah. yeah. Here he is. I, uh, I think David Jones is what I must have known you as, as first because it's what locks into my brain before anything else. I've known probably less than five DJs in my I've known BJs, SJs, Js, but DJs I've known very few of. Mm-hmm. And I've always, it's almost like you're talking to your, hey, DJ, what? Man, I'm, what? It, it feels weird. So I've just called you David Jones because I think I, it's what I've known. Yeah, I've only ever met like probably three, maybe four other DJs in my life. Yeah. I, um, do you ever introduce yourself as DJ to, to random people? N- n- not very often. Okay. Not not very often. A lot of my work life, I have to introduce myself, and, and it's commonly through email, and I, I sign my emails. Nick loves this part. Blue Skies, DJ Marvin. <laughs> and I commonly get emails back. Nice to meet you, Marvin. I'm like, oh, yo, my friends call me by my first name, DJ. I know it's kind of weird, but Marvin's my last name. So they think that you're a DJ? I'm DJ. Wiki, wiki, yeah. wiki. Marvin. I've, yeah, I've got it forever also. Yeah. That's so silly. Yeah, it was crazy because Marvin is a first name in, a, in Germany, and I deal, I deal with it a lot in Europe. Germans, it's a common first name. Well, not common, but it's it's known as a first name, not a last name. So, Well, neither one of your actual names are DJs. Fuck so. no. I'm Donji. No, I'm coming to call you guys whatever I want. Steven does. You know, I really respect it's I know that your name is Donji. I know this. And it's because I knew you for so long as DJ before, I feel like I'm having to I don't know. I don't know if, if my brain just doesn't like calling you Donji because you're just my little DJ. Wiki wiki. I know this is my little DJ. Hey. <laughs> I frankly don't really give a fuck what people call me. Um as far as Donji or DJ, I I don't mind in general. Um But you you introduce yourself as DJ, right? 
Man, I honestly have thought about going back to being known as Donji. I, so Dude, I'm into it. Yeah. If if you start calling, if you start telling people that your name is Donji, it will be really easy for me to call you that. My biggest issue is for the longest time, white people and Asian names <laughs> were really fucking hard. Was that young younger folks that would mess up your name? Just no life in general, man. We talked about like you you've got you got to have this. Like, yo, dude, sick tat. What'd you get it? What's it mean? I got one on my back, brah. How often do you have this conversation? Yeah, yeah. People ask me all the time. My name's Donji. That's my tattoo. Like, think about all the questions you have right now the rest of my life. So what's it mean? How do you spell it? What And, and the questions get repeated. Yeah, what does oh, that mean? Gang leader. <laughs> I, I, I do know that. I'm just... That's just... Uh, <laughs> like, that's just stupid, like... Stupid white person question that could apply in any situation, right? Yeah. Like, I've had that... What's that mean question about... Your tattoo. Everything, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's annoying. So I understand. But do you feel like you have more pride in wanting to own the name Donji than you are bothered by the stupid questions regarding your name? I, I, foreign names and different spelled names are more common today, and I think partially it's because social media, we see so much more. You know, how old are you? DJ? 36. 36? Yeah. So you're old enough that you remember when you didn't know much outside of your own neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Today, dude, kids don't know their own neighborhood because they know the rest of the world. So I feel like my name would be easier to deal with. Like, I I will give people my name in writing, and they commonly, Dan Jai or whatever fucked up version they give me, regularly people pronounce it right today. I go to a hospital, Donji? I'm like, you got it, man. What's up? And it's seeing that common, correct version of it that makes me go. <laughs> the world is ready to know. The you world is ready for my real yeah. name, DJ Donji. Wiki wiki. <laughs> uh, I googled. There is some Japanese guy. At... There it is. There DJ Donji, right. baby, <laughs> baby. <laughs> um, there's some Japanese dude. I found him somewhere on social media years ago, whose name's Donji and goes by DJ. I'm like, the fuck. This guy's awesome, man. So. Yeah, cojones. You call him cojones all the time. Yeah, that's what the, that was my next question. Like, where did cojones come from? Okay, like, DJ David Jones. I get it. Yeah, like, cojones. <laughs> can, I, okay. can I venture again? Well, no, I want to hear the story. Never mind. Okay, so check this out. So my wife and I, when we got married, we uh, my wife is Hispanic, by the way, but she, she speaks no Spanish. Like she's well, I call, like, I thought like you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say no English. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was hoping that's the dynamic you have going on. No, she's not male. Okay, no, no Spanish. <laughs> no, I found her in the trailer park. Uh, <laughs> so we we had gotten married, and I don't do very well with professional settings. I I do, but I take nothing seriously, and I kind of like poke fun at professional settings. Like I'm kind of like class clownish, you know, when we're supposed to be serious. And so we get this, you know, very fancy hotel in downtown Dallas or whatever, and uh, we put in our our uh, uh, re- reservations and stuff like that. And we get there, and the guy's like, um, "Do you have a last name?" Uh, yes, it's it's Hones, and he he's like typing. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not finding anything. Yes, it, it's it's there. We have a reservation. Well, could you spell that? J O N E S. And he's like, uh, Jones. <laughs> no, no, it's Hones. <laughs> it, and then he just like he just looks at me, and I'm dying. I'm dying. So I bust out laughing. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it, it's Jones. And he's like, well, you're you're saying it wrong. 
like, what do you mean I'm saying it wrong? He's like, no, it's 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 Yones. No, homie. J in Spanish is huh. H. Jones. And anyways, it, it, so it was the longest time. I've been telling people my last name was Jones. And I think it was either Carlos or maybe Pedro or Fernando. And like they were like, cojones? And I'm like, yeah, dude, whatever. I don't give a shit, you know? <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, it's Cajones. Dude, that's a <laughs> solid nickname. And I'm, I'm pretty I'm, sure I did know you as Cajones first before I knew that you were David Jones. Yes, and like, so I, in, I'm, I'm, I'm white, Caucasian for for sure. And uh, so I was blessed with. Um, does anything go? Like, does anything? you say whatever you want. Okay, yes. so I was yeah. blessed with gigantic balls and a little dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it looks like an acorn in a bird's nest, but I got big old fucking knockers <laughs> bouncing around down there. <laughs> well, it's fitting then. How yeah. did Carlos know? Did did you give him a? I, I, I have no, you know, Carlos has a certain way about him. Yeah, so. he, he does uh, <laughs> know some of us quite well. <sighs> Cajones, man. So when did you start skydiving? Uh, September the 15th, 2020. So what uh, what brought you out for the first time? That's kind of a weird time in the, in the world in, in general, right? September of 2020. So check this out. My wife had gotten me, uh, I'm a recovered alcoholic, for those that are listening that don't know. Um, my wife had gotten me a gift certificate for two tandems the year prior in 19. And like within a month, I was involved in a car accident. I was rear-ended in one of my tow trucks. And I was in the middle of litigation. And so I didn't want to go skydiving while I was in the middle of lit- litigation, you know. And so for my back injuries. And... I had my back was feeling better and so on and so forth. And that was on a Tuesday. September the 15th was on a Tuesday. That Monday, I had gotten a phone call from the guys over at Skydive Spaceland. I believe it was probably you on the phone, Nick. Mm, man, I don't think so. I don't make many of those phone calls. Well, Rabbit's brother was dropping off those big connexes on the back side of the building and uh-huh. got his 18 wheeler stuck back there. And for those that are listening that don't know, I have a record service about seven miles from the drop zone. And so they're like, hey, can you come pull this out? I'm like, sure, you know, and I was my usual record driver self. And it's like, look, you know, you got to pay like this way or, you know, before I come out there. And so I went out there and I was talking to Rabbit and his brother and we did the deal and I got his truck pulled out and so on and so forth. And I was talking, I was like, yeah, man, I got a, I got a gift certificate to this place I've had for a year and hadn't jumped, and you know, either you or Rabbit was like, "Yeah, you ought to come jump with us," and so on and so forth. And I was like, "Well, I'll be back tomorrow." <laughs> and so uh, I came back the next day, and it was a typical, you know, Tuesday. There was nobody there, and uh, yeah, I did two tandems back to back with Fernando. Hmm. So was the plan? You had two jumps. So those two jumps were planned. You had two jumps bought. Yeah, yeah, okay. they were already bought for me. When your wife bought those jumps, was it just something to do, or was it because you were interested in skydiving? Man, I, I really don't know. Like, I've always been kind of like a like a thrill seeker, you know? I've did all kinds of different stuff. It's not everything on the legal up and up to, to get your thrills, you know? And so skydiving was perfectly legal, and I, I just kind of... You know, she figured I would do it, and I—I had always said I would go skydiving. You know, it's—I'm not—I don't have a fear of heights or anything like that. And so, uh, yeah, I went and knocked out my two tandems, and then I was like, yeah, I, I definitely want to do this by myself. How much did you know about skydiving before you made the first tandem? Nothing, nothing. You at didn't all. watch any videos. You didn't look into no. anything. Okay, no. cool. No. 
So what was that first experience? What were you thinking? What was your thought process as you approached this first jump? You're at the DZ. You're going through training. What are you thinking about? Uh, dying. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Good answer. Real yeah, answer, totally. man. Like, totally, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was scared I was going to die. And, and, and like, this, the, uh, not knocking Fernando, but this guy whose English is pretty good but like i'm like man i hope to god this guy doesn't kill me you know and like <laughs> he's like certified and so on and so forth and and i've lived f- down the road from the drop zone for 10 years you know I've, I've seen the drop zone a million times drove past it a million times and never once have i thought man i'm gonna go jump out of an airplane in, until you know that that day and uh it was a great experience i liked it do you uh, do you actually did you get a video of your first jump? No. Okay. Do, uh, what do you actually remember from the first jump? Nothing. <laughs> like <laughs> like really zero. Like literally nothing. Uh, Fernando was asking me if I wanted to uh, uh, like I think you know do turns or loops or you know if you want I wanted the wild or the mild ride. I was sure. like no, let's just go you know just do a normal jump you know just to do whatever you do. Yeah, just to see what it see what it's like you know. I like that approach. I it's. So often people go into an experience and request the experience the way they want it. The fact that you go and like, show me the experience. That's anything I do in life. I, I go to get a massage from somebody I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. You're a massage therapist. Give me a massage. Show me what you have. I, I love that that outlook. You're thinking you're going to die or think about dying. How is that thought going as you get into the plane? Is it still pushing? Is it still there? Or are you? No. And, and it. I don't really know if I was thinking I was going to die or not. And I'm, I'm Just, probably the worst person to ask about what I remember about stuff because I have a terrible memory. Um, but I remember being in the plane and being extremely nervous. My palms are sweating, you know, knees weak, arms are heavy. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> where my mind went. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew somebody was going to get it. Man, I want spaghetti right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, and... uh like we got to the door and it was it was go time and I had never seen the earth like that, you know, from that pr- perspective, you know, f- you know, fourteen k in the air, and I was like, man, this is this is pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> and so, I uh, we got we got down and we suited back up and went and did my second one and my second one I took the controls, you know, and 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 pulled and you know for an, it I don't know if. They tell all the girls this, but they were like, oh, you did a great job, you know? Uh, yeah, sure, whatever. And uh, I was like, man, I, I want to do that by myself. And uh, they were like, well, you, you know, you're going to have to come to jump school, and and that's on that's on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock, you know? We're having one this Sunday. Or, and, and I was like, man, I... No, they didn't say they were having one this Sunday, but I was like, man, it's coming on the on the Sunday is kind of a hard deal for me, you know, because at the time I was I was the only one that was running my record service on the weekends. And uh, they were like, well, we're having one this Thursday during the day. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. And so the my first two tandems were thir- or Tuesday. And then two days later on Thursday, I was in the first jump course. And uh, I remember we I went through my first jump course. We were sitting around and, uh, you know, it, it. I don't know why it happens like this, but uh, it was either cloud coverage or, or, or the, it was windy, one of the two. And so I sat there for four hours, you know, four and a half hours waiting because I, I, I was like, I've vested. I'm, I've sat through this course all day long. I'm going to do my first jump. And people were like, nope, I'm leaving. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay. And uh, 
it panned out. You know, we were there for several hours, and then, boom, this you know the skies parted. Here's our go time, and so on and so forth. And so, I got suited up, and I'm, I'm I remember uh, I still have the picture in my old phone of me standing there, you know, in my student suit, ready to go, and they were like, "Hey, uh, you're going to jump with this guy," and it was Pedro. And I was like, I, I don't know this guy. He's got worse Spanish than the last, or yeah. worse English than the last yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know this guy. And worse Spanish. Yeah. And so uh, he's like, uh, my friend, you're going to do very good, you know, and so on and so forth. I'm like, okay, now that I know Pedro, you know, it, it's so we're, we're going, right? We're in the plane, you know, get out, you know, po- I think was it a poise exit on your first jump? Yep. I, I think it. so. Yep. And so we get out. And you're supposed to be all the way out the door, and I'm like halfway out the door, and uh, I, I give him a little, uh, uh, and I'm out the door, and I just started tumbling like this, and I have been, I like I still have the video, and it's awesome. It's on, it's on. My, I, I'll show y'all later. It's on my YouTube channel, and so I just start tumbling and you see like in the video I'm on my back and I look at Pedro like I'm not supposed to be looking at you bro <laughs> you're not supposed to be there yeah what's going on and so Pedro flips me back over and you know I I go through my uh my practice polls and Pedro's giving me the hand signals and I had forgotten all of them I didn't remember shit when it came to the hand signals and uh and he like you see Pedro like kind of lean over to look at me and I and Pedro's thing is don't forget to smile and he had like went like this and you know signaled for me to smile and I smiled and it was great it was awesome I, I've I have a very addictive personality like if they say take two Tylenol I'm gonna take four <laughs> and uh so yeah I've just immersed myself in skydiving since I started so what what did you think that skydiving was about? Like after that first jump with Pedro and you land, like what what do you think this whole thing's about? Oh man, like I had I guess I had a, like a prerequisite of what I thought skydiving was going to be about, like everybody to the extreme, you know, and stuff like that, but it it's a, it's it's I think it's the community. You know what I mean? Um there is a I guess a certain bond you get with people when you jump out of an airplane with them, you know, uh, like I have people that I started, you know, uh, Andreas, Abuleta, you know, me and Andreas started jumping about the same time and we did a whole lot of jumps together when we were young jumpers and I call Andreas my brother, you know, I love him to death. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been quite an, quite an experience. So when, uh, how many jumps do you have now? Let's put this into some context. Like 425. Okay. Or some, somewhere around there. I haven't been logging. Like so w- was there a, a point in that experience where you, like skydiving as a sport changed, like when you started looking at it any differently? Yeah, I think probably around, man, around jump 100. You know, I was I was wanting to get, like, I got to about jump 60. And I, I, I was in the mentor program, and I was, you know, Coming, showing up on Saturdays, doing the mentor jumps and stuff, and we'd do two or three jumps, and I was like, "Yeah, this is cool," and I I learned a lot during during the mentor program, and I think me and Nick actually had did a a a jump, and I was working because I'm a bigger dude, I'm two hundred and you know twenty five. Yeah, I remember pounds. you thinking that you were gonna smoke me on the fall rate, and you were saying that you've been going faster than everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, 
I was I had to work on fall rate control, you know, and I jumped with Nick, and Nick is like a rock when he needed to be, and uh, he's pretty dense. Yes, you calling me stupid. A hundred percent shocked you caught on. <laughs> how that how that jump go? Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I remember I consciously also thinking that, video. that I was gonna make you have to speed up, so make you have the feeling that you, you know, that you weren't just always going to have to think about slowing down that hey there are going to be situations where even someone who feels like they're outrunning people like hey you're still gonna have to speed up and uh once you jump with people with a little more experience they're they're going to be able to speed up with you a little easier than you know let's say andre someone that's on your same level with a few less jumps and uh, a little smaller guy than you Mm -hmm. but uh yeah man we all like going fast that's no problem a guy like you a guy built like you has a thousand jumps comes into an aff instructor course what do you think he has the hardest time with? Speeding Man, up. Really? 100%. Yeah. Because you never have to speed up. So the second we roll onto our back and start tumbling out of the sky and you have to speed up, you're like, well, I've never had to speed up before. <laughs> i got to slow down. Guess what people like Valerie have the hardest time with when they get their AFF ratings? Speeding up. Slowing down. Oh, really? They're so used to having to speed up all the time, they never have to slow down. Valerie rarely ever has to slow down in her life. She, oh yeah, yeah, when she did her AFF rating, don't tell her I said that she was like 10, 15 pounds lighter, the chubby bitch. Now, um, if you have met my wife, guys, she's furthest from the truth. I'm waiting, Whatever, for, she's I'm waiting for thick. I've seen it. Kick the door down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, her sister watches the show sometimes, so I'm gonna. Her sister's gonna call in trouble. Um, yeah, no, people who go slow can't go slow well. Nick, what Nick just told you. I want to show you how to speed up. I want to show you you have to go faster sometimes. It's a fight for you early on, but know in the future when you have to learn to go fast, it'll be a challenge I'm sure you'll rise to. But it's a neat it's a, it's a it's a almost an ironic problem that people have. And I and yeah, I'm glad you say that. I've purposely put myself like uh doing like I did a an SCR like a few weeks ago and I purposely put myself at the back because there was, I guess, younger jumpers in front of us, and I wanted, I knew I could get down to them. You know what I mean? And pay, like working working with Pedro, when I first started jumping, he kind of took a bunch, a few of us under his wing and was and like showing us the the way, you know. And uh, yeah, I've, I've learned little tricks to actually go faster, and I prefer to be the last one out of the plane or the last one in the group. That way, I can haul ass down. That dive's fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, haul ass down and get to the the formation. You know, let it let it build. I don't like being part of the base. I like I like the challenge of getting there last. He's got no lift. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Cutaway? No. Ugh. Do it. Who said? I, oh Jesus. I, no one. Definitely not me. It was Nick. I've I've <laughs> I've I've seen the like the poster up for it. You yeah. know what I mean? And like I was like, I can't watch this. It's I, I it's could, great. Is it, it is funny to watch it as a skydiver and realize how wrong you know the Hollywood skydiving movies are for the for the most part. But uh, yeah, I'd I'd choose something else if we were picking movies. Today. I'd watch Cutaway. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I'm it's, I'm in. And it's it's funny because it's one of the most right skydiving movies out there. Like drop zone, terminal velocity, point break, those are fake as fuck mm-hmm. skydiving movies. Yeah, but point break's an awesome movie. I'm not that saying awesome. I love I love all three movies. They're the movies that got me into skydiving in the nineties. Um, but point break is is written by people who worked on those movies as skydivers and got sick of watching Hollywood Hollywood eyes skydiving, so they made their own skydiving movie. 
to not have it Hollywoodized, and it's fun, dude. It's it's the best skydiving. It's horrible. Dennis Rodman's a star in it, so I'm not promising the key level. Now I really want. I want to watch it. (laughs) Yeah, dude. What happened to uh, Redline? We killed him. He's too slow. (laughs) It's a it's a great movie, man. It's not a good movie by any means, but it's great. I feel like it's a kind of rite of passage thing. Like if you're hanging out on the drop zone, you don't have to watch it, but you're probably going to end up watching it at some point. Like same thing happened to me. I didn't watch it for. I don't know, the first year or two years that I was jumping, and then we had movie night on the drop zone, and like a couple of the movies that we played were, you know, like Point Break, Cutaway, just like all the classics. So I feel like if you stick around long enough, you're going to watch it. Yeah, what happened to movie night? Did that I mean, disappear when, when the Rona showed up? It did. It did. Um, at this point, I don't know if it's going to come back anytime soon because we did movie night when it was dark early enough to do movie night. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, this time of year, no. Uh, we did movie night in the winters. Um, have you been to the film festival? Have you seen the film festival? No. Okay. We have a 100-inch screen and a projector uh, movie nights in the winter for a couple seasons. We would just pull out of a night and say, hey, it's going to be movie night and a jumping. Stick around. We're just going to throw up whatever movie on the big screen. Um, and it went as far as, as Aladdin or Lion King. Lion King. That's Lion, Lion, King. Lion King. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and we let people pick and vote for it. I mean, I started off with skydiving movies and skydiving related movies, but very quickly people are like, we want to see this. We're like, okay, we'll put that on then. Great. Um, no, I'd like to do it again. I'd like to bring it back. I like those, uh, you know, you're the first one to, to use the word community today. I really do like the those little just community get-togethers where it's uh, less related to skydiving and uh, you know just about the people who are who are there. I'd like to uh, hit up um, Alamo Draft House. That's exactly when you were talking about it just now. I imagine you know that we've kind of revamped the fire pit that has not been used very much at the drop zone. I did not know that. Well, look uh, look at the back of the parking lot where the burn pile used to be. We've yeah. uh, cultivated into a fire pit. That has not been used very much, but uh, just thinking about uh, Dallas has a really great, Spaceline Dallas has a, a really great, uh, hey, have a bonfire, do a little cookout, get everybody together. That's a, that's a really normal part of their Saturday activities, and I'm jealous, so I'm trying to steal it, but uh, I think uh, movie screen over there, I guess we wouldn't have an easy time getting power over there. That would be but, a problem. But uh, I know a guy that's got a generator. Hey, I bet you do. Well, where there's a will, there's a way. We'd certainly figure it out. But I think bringing back movie night's a great plan. I um, absolutely. Uh, when it gets dark early enough, I, I this time of year, just no way. Yeah, it's it's too hard to to expect to be able to start a two hour movie at nine p.m. Yeah, I would say sunsets at like eight o'clock today, seven fifty two. Yeah, that's too late. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it'd be a good time. I'm. I uh, we talked about the film festival. I'm definitely. We're, I'm still doing it. It's good. I've, I've been re- <laughs> reinvigorated. This last year, we talked about whether or not it was going to be our last, our final year of doing the film festival because it's a lot of work and you know getting people to uh, participate and and make their videos and getting you know DJ does an incredible job of talking to the sponsors uh, and getting. You know, usually every year, I think with the exception of this last one, there's been a GoPro, and then there's a free, like there was a G4 helmet, and there's discounts on rigs, and there's uh, free service from SSK, and uh, Aaron's company, Atande Weed, does some swoop shorts, and Option Studios will do a jersey or a custom wind blade. So the prizes are cool, um, but DJ has to do a lot of work to, to sort that all out. And uh, then just the logistics of putting it together at the drop zone, and it's a late night, and DJ's got to bully me into making a video to promote the film festival, and uh, 
but it's a lot of fun. Like when it when it actually happens, like when we're there on the day and things are set up, and you see people who have you know been to the film festival every time that we've done it, and they're there and they're excited and they're having fun. And you know, it's uh, most of the videos that I've made that I post on the internet, I never get to see people watch them, right? It's like, hey, someone, like, I'm going to send this off into the world, and people will watch it, and that's cool. But it's really cool to see a group of people who all, you know, that that same feeling that we're in it together, this bond that we get with people that we Mm -hmm. jump out of airplanes with, the people that are all that close enjoy these things that their friends have made. I mean, it's it's a pretty fun night. It's super special. And uh, speaking of people who like watching things they made, Connie is watching. Oh, Mom? (laughs) Hey, Mom! (laughs) You know, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Dude, I, my mom just, uh, she's been on my mind a lot. She recently moved from Salt Lake, where I'm from, to uh, to Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm-hmm. So, I, so it just seems like a crazy, you know, Las Vegas is a little bit of a wild place. On Strip. Uh, yeah. Strip is just another town. Yeah, it's just more neighborhoods. Desert. I get that. But yeah. I, st- I still just worry about her. But uh, yeah, she finally moved away from home. Hi, Mom. So, uh, David, uh, what's skydiving like to you now, other than the community, like as a sport? What's uh what's it like for you right now? Man, uh I think just really pushing myself to better to be better, you know? Um a heavy investment financially. Get a little closer to that microphone. There a, we go. A heavy investment financially. Um Are you on the jump package? No. Okay. No. I because you have a flexible enough schedule that you can make enough time, I was I was curious if you had. No, I made I think in, in my first year I made three hundred jumps. Solid. That's a good number. Yeah. No, that's yeah. a great that's number. Really yeah. Especially yeah. in the first year. Yeah, no, that's an absolutely solid number. It's yeah. I, I think I made my 300th jump. on. So I got my license on Halloween of 2020. I, I uh, When I did my, my first jump was September the 15th, and then I, had, I was licensed October the 31st. Yeah, and, I'm having to do some quick math in my brain. Yeah, and so with it on... October the 31st of 21, I did my 300th jump. Nice. nice. Have you, uh, are you keeping up that pace since, since that one year? No, because this winter like sucked. And on top of that, the first couple of weeks I was in Russia. Yeah. That was January, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, talking about you today earlier when uh, someone, uh, heard you were going to be on the podcast. We were talking about your, uh, tunnel trip to Russia. Okay. I was going to ask what, why Russia? Okay, there's one thing about that trip I don't yep, want to talk I know, about. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, wow, great. Now yeah. I'm lost. He might tell you afterwards. Yeah, but, I will uh, tell you afterwards. But, yeah, it's, that's, but that's, I was sworn to secrecy not to talk about so it. So I do have to mention this. <laughs> it's Russia. you got to have something sworn yeah. to secrecy. Or it's not like a real Russian yes, trip, right? I, like the, If there's ever a time that the Russian mob might come after you, <laughs> it would be that reason. <laughs> great, man. We have a Burt Kreischer. Uh, uh, um, yeah, he is a Burt Kreischer. Yeah. Um, story. I one of the first, I have to just say it. One of the last things we do before we start the show, we we start with the mics, we talk, we shoot the shit, we get you comfortable with the mic. And the last thing we do, anything you don't want to talk about or you do want to talk about, and you're like, nope, nothing. I will, I'll talk about anything. And I yeah, get that you're I, not going to say anything. I'm cool. I'm not going to argue with you. But here we are. Correct. Shit. I want to know. Well, I'm the only one in the room that knows, and I'm smart enough to not mention it. So yeah, no, I, and maybe I, I'm not. Maybe I'm, yeah. and I'm not even gonna try to talk you into knowing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel better now because I have something in my mind. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. It's, it's We're it. good. I don't. I know. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I hate yeah, you guys. Yeah, you're odd man out. Wait. Yes. Uh, RJ's yeah. the only one. Yeah. Who yeah now know. everyone in the room knows. But wow. Yeah. Can you feel it? I can feel it. I feel the tension. Like we're on the inside and he's on the out. 
Mm-hmm. It's my right. house. I'm okay. <laughs> He's going to kick us all out. Gotta you got to leave in like an it's, hour and a half anyways. It's got something to do with breaking glass in a tunnel. Well, so you see the breaking glass. I, can, I will say that. I broke the glass in the tunnel at uh, Free Zone. Running into it? Yeah. At least you didn't do it throwing a vacuum cleaner at it. Oh, that's okay. a, that's uh, someone else's story. Whoa! <laughs> it didn't break the glass, though. I think they tested it and it was okay. Somebody at an iFly got upset and stormed out and quit. And in his quitting, threw a vacuum cleaner at the tunnel. Whoa! <laughs> like wow! I mean, I guess he doesn't realize that that's a twenty thousand dollar piece of glass. Yeah, in an operating no, tunnel at the I, moment. I think he. <laughs> I think he did realize that. I think he was he was going for it. Yeah, but, uh, man, I don't even remember who that was. I, m- I know that I knew the person, but uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Not yeah. worth about. I I'm just curious to what would actually happen to a wind tunnel that was running at full speed, and then the flicking glass just shatters completely in. Well, the glass has a, a coating on the sides of it. Like, well, uh, yeah, no, I don't think it's possible. I'm just wondering what, like, would the whole building suck inside itself and disappear into a black hole? Yes, exactly that. <laughs> yes, that's, 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 that's where my nerd brain goes. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's why they have the vacuum, because if it happens, they just vacuum up all the air that comes <laughs> outside of it. Yeah, you know Except that's actually for that one tunnel. Their vacuum broke. When <laughs> the you, know that, you know that they're still researching how the Big Bang started in the first place. Wind tunnel. Different, different uh, universe. Wind tunnel, no vacuum. <laughs> it just expands. <laughs> it's gotten horrible. All right. It's been a rebel. Uh, yeah. um, so you've been challenging, pushing yourself, skydiving. Yes. How much tunnel time did you do in Russia? Nine hours. Holy fuck. Yeah. And over how many days is that? Uh, I did nine hours in about seven days. Okay. Maybe so six. what's the structure of a normal day look like at a Russian tunnel camp? At a Russian tunnel? Yeah. Like, what I mean... How early did you start? Where, uh, were you staying there? What, what was it like? So um, they had a uh, hotel, like kind of like on pre- on premises. And was iFly taking notes? We <laughs> we would not start until at the earliest time we had ever started was three o'clock in the afternoon. And so it, I, I had been there. So Russian Christmas, by the way, is January the first through the seventh, and I got there on the thirty first at eleven forty at night. And the first four or five days, nobody was there because it was it was Christmas time. So I look, I don't know that I'm you know this kid from a small town in Texas. So I travel halfway around the world and show up to thinking I'm gonna like go at it at, in a tunnel and nobody's there. And I was like, oh shit, because if I don't use my tunnel time, this is like a once in a lifetime trip for me. I'm never I'm probably never gonna go do this again. And so. My tunnel instructor finally shows up, and uh, Roma, if you're listening, what up? <laughs> and so, if uh, he finally shows up, and like we did, I think I had like 350 jumps at the time, <clears throat> and so we did maybe an hour between belly and back, and then we jumped into head up, and I I was already head up at the time, you know, sit flying and stuff like that. And uh, just probably spent maybe an hour on that, and then we like transitioned straight into starting to work on head down. And uh, head down was a different animal. Everybody says that head up is harder than head down, and it hasn't been that way for me. I have the same struggle. I'm the I'm with you. Well, I I would say that getting the basics of upright flying is easier, and mastering upright flying is much harder. But getting the basics of head down flying is harder. But getting decent at it is much easier. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and the for for newer jumpers, you you always stress to them dress for success. And I was not dressed for success. I did not have a free fly suit. You know, I was kind of I was I was in a quote unquote free fly suit, but it was not a free fly suit. It's a belly suit, pretty much. And so that I feel like I wasted nine hours in in Moscow. What about the suit makes you feel like you wasted the time? I don't understand. Because when I, since I've been back, I was in the tunnel in Houston at Memorial with Rory, and in fifteen minutes we fixed something I spent hours on in Russia, and it was just now. And Scott Rumble also loaned me a suit. And that changed things completely. Like, I, I got that suit from Scott, because me and Scott are about the same size, and got in the tunnel, and instantly it was night and day difference. I'm off the I'm off the net. But there's a lot of drag in that suit and the legs, right? Yeah. So yeah. that is, that is it looks super like a, helpful. You're wearing bell bottoms. Yeah, so, you, yeah, you basically are, right? Yeah, pretty much. Just, just a little cuff around the ankle when they're bell bottoms other than that? Yeah. And so, that, but putting that suit on, it's just, it was night and day difference. The amount of stability it gave me. How do you feel like the quality of the coaching you were getting in Russia was? Mm. I mean, compared to Rory. like uh, Compared to Rory? I mean, I think Rory's a better coach. Yeah. Okay. Because some, I mean, uh, we flew yesterday, me and Scott Rumble, actually, and uh, Cody Prentice. And Rory was there standing in the door for us. And man, he was super helpful a number of times to all of us like my uh my upright flying is dog shit all around i'm terrible at it and uh struggling to uh outface upright at a lower speed and uh he just gives me this one little thing he's like yeah imagine someone your size is standing in front of you you're trying to reach over their shoulders and i went oh yeah that's totally i can have that thought and then i did exactly what he told me and i totally felt like oh that's there's a whole other door there that i haven't even found yet and uh, no, Rory's become a really good coach. So, uh, but I don't know this Russian guy at all. He could he could be the guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's. I think he's worked there for like nine years. Okay. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, I mean, he's good. He's good. And it it and it's like it's the same thing at the drop zone. You know, some coaches aren't going to work as, or some instructors aren't going to work as good with some students. You know, sometimes you don't mesh with that that person. You know, uh, Rory fixed something like I said within ten minutes of my time here in Houston that I spent hours on in, in Moscow. And how, it was just, how was the, what do you think there was a language barrier at all? Yeah, there was probably a little bit of a language barrier and, uh, just moving my hands forward six inches. I'm off the net like that. I struggle with head down mainly. It's, I get so disoriented on my head. I get so like, I, I saw Nick hanging upside down earlier today. I use my inversion <laughs> table regularly and it's the one thing on the inversion table that I struggle with is I'm so disoriented when I'm upside down. It just breaks my brain, and I try to sit there, and I close my eyes, I breathe, I relax, whatever. But sometimes I will sit there and just look around to try to get comfortable, and the world does not look right upside down, and it fucks with my brain, man. <laughs> so um, I'm, uh, I'm curious to get back on my head. I'm curious to... Uh, yeah, it's I, for me. It's the same way. S- uh, upright flying was always easier for me than head down. Always was. So yeah, takes their own. Wh- what's your goals this year, man? I, I definitely want to get into head down a lot harder this year. Are you more interested in free flying or movement angle flying? So 
what I, I, I want to get into is, so I did my belly stuff. Probably I did belly to about jump 200. And then I got with Alex and Alex taught me how to sit fly in a day. In You're a, a good day. coach, Alex. No, nah, that's all you, man. You that killed was, it. That was in a day. No, no, Alex, like, he's a good coach. And so <laughs> you can hire I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna break <laughs> off into that for a second. So okay. me and Alex, I get Alex to coach me for uh, a day, and we had did like seven jumps, and I could not sit. I couldn't hold it. I would get it for a split second and could not do it. And then I was giving up, and which I don't really do. I don't I don't give up at anything. You don't seem the guy. No. no. And so. Alex was like, man, you want you want to go one more? And I think it was like eight jumps that day, or seven up until that point. And I was like, man, yeah, I guess we'll go one more. And then boom. And and it was just that pivotal moment that I, I found it, you know. And I held on to it. And for, you know, 20, 30 seconds, I was sit flying. And I was, if you, if you go back and watch the video, I just, I looked like, like I'm walking back and forth in front of Alex, you know, in a sit. Just I go, I go left, turn around, go right, turn around, and that was the jump. Look at me, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, look, yeah. look, I totally know what I'm doing. What do you think made it happen that day? Like, what, what was that? What, what was the breaking point? So, it was. I, I've heard Alex say this, and I listened to the podcast earlier, and I heard somebody else say it. It's just you have to. If, you, there's that moment that it works for you. You know what I mean? Like I, when I think about sit flying and I tell like, because I've had people ask me to, to teach them how to sit. And for me, it's like plopping down on the couch. You know, like when you had a long day at work, how, how do you learn how to get to a sit? And just kind of like, you know, plopping down on the couch. And, and that's just what worked for me. And so I wish I could head down that way but <laughs> I, I wonder because for me I have a couple experiences in skydiving of things I've struggled at and things happen so I, I could not get on my head consistently at all as a younger jumper um, went out I was on a free fly team at this point free flying was still new uh, teams were still new to free flying there still weren't nationals for, for free fly yet and one of my teammates took us, one of the our teammates was gone one day. So like, hey, this today, we're going to train on my head. That, like, you're, we're going to train on your head. You're going to get on your head. That's all we're going to work on today. I'm like, okay, that's, I, I like this goal. Work with me. Like, you're going to help me out. Let's go. And man, six, seven jumps into the day. I'm just struggling. And we are in the plane. We're getting ready to jump. And I realized I had forgotten one of the foam inserts in my helmet. Like it had fallen out. I pulled it. I don't remember what it was. And we realized it super last second. We're out like almost last or right by the pilot. We tell the pilot, he's a buddy of ours. We buckle it to the seatbelt in the plane. He'll bring it down to us. We're good to go. We leave. And this is all happening as we're running to the door. Like we're last second, we get to the door, we leave. And as we leave, my teammate, he's laughing at me. He's tapping his head, and he's pointing at me laughing because of my helmet. And God, halfway through the skydive, he looked at me. He goes, you're on your head. Like, if you can't, he's pointing at me and pointing his head going, you're on your head. You're on your head. And as soon as I realized it, I freaked out for one second. No, no. And flew it for a moment. <laughs> and as soon as I realized I was flying, you're going to be right in a second. And as soon as I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Let me figure out what I'm doing. And as soon as I figure out what I'm yeah. doing, I tried. And as soon as I tried, absolutely, I corked. 
And anytime I struggle, it's one of the lessons I've learned in life. Uh, it, there's a couple other skydiving instances when I try too hard, I tend to just fuck up and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care how sloppy it is. I don't care how ugly it looks. I don't care what's going to happen. Let me just get out there and do this. And Nick's grinning right now, I'm sure, because he'll watch me fly on my head once every five years and he'll see me working too hard. He'd be like, bro, could you just relax and have some fun? Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I really think that that's the thing that we all struggle with, yeah. right? The advice that we would give anybody is, yeah, just man, just just relax, just go with it, just feel it, yeah. you know, be be strong, but don't be stiff, but just you know, it's like <laughs> how, how we describe this strong impos- legs. impossible, strong legs, strong legs. relax, yeah. strong yeah. legs, relax. Yeah, like how it's just. I, I guess I'm just I'm smirking at the times that uh, for sure the jumps that we've had together. Like I think about me, you, and Riley leaving in a in a head down round, and just seeing you be like you weren't thinking about it, and you were just totally relaxed, and we flew the shit out of it. It yeah. was great. And then, uh, <laughs> but just thinking about the advice I would give to anyone learning to to fly a new thing, and that it's just impossible. Like it's just really challenging for you to be strong and be and not be stiff, and to be relaxed when we're telling you to engage all these different parts of your body and we're jumping out of an airplane yeah. it's, like, yeah, it's, it's just amazing that we're that we're all able to figure it out in some way or another oh yeah and and, and it's I'm, i've struggled you know what i mean but it's gonna happen it's kind of the fun of it's it. gonna happen you know what i mean if it was easy it wouldn't be fun it, it, well if it was easy everybody would do it also and so it's just i'm in i'm on that road to get where i want to be and it's just that struggle that you're going to you're going to go through and you're going to have to go through it. Some people man some people get it like that. I'm not some people though. For for that particular instance and there's things that I got that people struggle with, you know. And so I just know that it's it's going to be it's a process and I'm in that process. And I think I think I was talking to Scott Rumble about it and Scott was like, "Do you want to head down?" Yeah. You know. He's like no, do do you are you gonna do this? Because your your next hundred jumps are gonna be shit. <laughs> they 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 really are, <laughs> right? And so I was like, I, I can see the smile he says it with too. Yeah, and uh, then I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to do it. And he was like, cool. And you know, and Scott has that. God, I love Scott Rowe, bro. Like he's, he's got a special that, man, dude. He's, he's got that dude. fucking like just like I wish I was half as calm as that dude was. He's just got that cool, calm Mellow. way about himself. Yeah, dude. And he's like, yeah. yeah man. So, yeah, cool. So I'd say he goes, you know what? I got a suit. I'll let you use. <laughs> and it's the suit that that we were talking about earlier. And so, it's working for me. This is the red and blue one, by the way. Is, well, the, all of his suits are red and blue. Well, that's a valid it, statement. It, it, w- I'm picturing one though. The, 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 yes, I, the one I'm, the one I met him in. It's a few years old now. Yes, yeah. and so and he told me and he goes, "Look, you're going to set a world record in this suit because I loan my suits to people and they set world records." <laughs> and I like he was talking to me about some. I guess somebody did a speed world record and they used Scott's suit. Oh yeah, Kyle Laprise. Yeah. Yes. So um, there you go. The bar's set. Yeah, I got to go set a world record with uh, Scott Rumble's head down. But it's so cool to have a buddy, a friend who is not only encouraging you, but gives you that kind of belief, that kind of faith, and that kind of like, yo, dude, this is what I think you can do. It's what an encouraging friend to have. And so, and up until that point, I probably only said 30 words to Scott Rumble. Like, I I, I hardly knew him. And and (laughs) you. When you first get into skydiving, you're always nervous to go talk to people that are more experienced, you know, like, hey, guys, can I come play with y'all? You know what I mean? Like, can I go? 
Because you don't want to be the guy that fucks up the jump. You know, and you're going to be that guy. It's just, it's it's cool to have people that are go, that'll tell you, yeah, come along. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think those people are really special in, in our in our community. You know what I mean? I man, Spaceland in general, I think our community is very special, not just skydiving, but the number of people who I see who are willing to jump with scrubs, quote unquote. In other words, newer jumpers with a less experienced skill set. I'm not even gonna say it's a bad skill set, it's just a less experienced skill set. Um, our community is really good and warm and welcoming as a whole. Not everybody's perfect at it, but Scott Rumble is, God, you know, Cody Prentice and Scott Rumble, you just said you did a jump with those two guys. Yeah, we flew in the tunnel. And, man, two, yeah, two. two dudes that are just, like, consistently, like, helpful gentlemen. You know, man, like, yeah. really both, great guys. Both Canadian, right? Yeah, That's probably yeah. why. And yeah. then they invite cojones over here into a jump, and then when you fuck up, instead of shitting on you, like, yo, bro, let us help you out. Yeah. Yeah, so I did a I did a jump with Scott, uh, Brian. What's Brian's last name? Menard. No. No. Oh, Rush. Yeah, Brian Rush. Scott, Brian Rush, and the I can't I can I can't I'm horrible with names. Also, uh, the guy that's got the Iron Man, Larry, Larry Hack. Larry. I did a uh uh and like two like I think Jenna was in the jump also, and uh, I got an awesome picture of him because I was head up. And like they they took me along on this jump, and these guys are like uh, Scott's going to did the world record head down tryout or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like these guys are like way way far advanced, more advanced than I am, and they're like, yeah, come on, you know. So that was that was really cool. Man, it's it's hard. You it's so many communities. I I get where the badasses only want to fly with the badasses. But you're going to run out of badasses if you don't bring the young jumpers with you to make them badass with you. And it's nice to hear that our that our community, that our group of friends are doing what I think is the right thing. You know, I right, I guess, is relevant to you, to your thoughts. But it's good to hear that they're they're still encouraging and growing young jumpers. I, I think Nick might remember this time where Spaceland had a very limited fun jumper base. We were either teams or students. We didn't have a lot of fun jumpers besides. Did you live in those days? Yeah, I think that was kind of like right when I showed up. Yeah, and now, um, I, like, you both look at me, Alex and and, and, and uh, DJ, you look at me kind of like that they exist because fun jumper scene in our drop zone is great. It, it's big and welcoming, so it's good to hear. So this year you want to get on your head. You want to be solid on your head. Yeah. VFS or free flight? What do you when you say you're on your head? I, what do you do? I, I want to do big wave stuff. Like I totally like I'm all about that big wave fucking head down life. Was it about what, what is it about big wave head down stuff that excites you? Man, it looks amazing. I, I think that is amazing. When you just when you said, like when I asked whether you see yourself on your head, you crossed your arms like a child and a giddy child, not like a pa- with a smile on your face. Like, man, I, just the glow you had for saying that. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen like when I first started jumping, like watching uh, the Pyro to the Max video. Mm-hmm. Like that Pyro video. Yeah. The, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's Max all Pyro. good. Like uh, that's what I want to do. Like that, that's awesome to me that nothing you could ever do in my eyes would be out, outdo something like that. A night head down jump. Yeah. Pyro would make it just that much better. Yeah. 
In Scott Rumble's suit, of course. Yes, I mean, in Scott Rumble's suit. If it, unless Scott. it's unless it's not a world record. If it's not a world record, he could use whatever I, suit. Yeah, he yeah. I bet he would yeah. allow My it, suit's though. on the way. <laughs> might have to clear it with Scott. He'd probably say something like, God, you look good today. <laughs> God, he's so nice. God, I love you, Scott Rumble. I want to send him a message. He's, the he's moment a solid dude. Podcast. Scott's a good guy. Yeah, he's great. He's a real good dude. Um, you, you have this goal, like, do you have plans of how to get there? Do you have timetables that you're hoping for? No. So, like, what I've been doing, um, I probably every couple of weeks I'm in the tunnel doing 20-minute sessions because if I do 30, I'm shit for the last 10. So, 20-minute sessions in the tunnel has been working pretty good for me. Um, and just pretty much every single jump that I've been doing at the drop zone has been either working on head-down exits or working on trying to stay head-down because... Um, it's the Venn diagram we always talk about. Like some of it transitions and some of it does not. And so I've been trying to take what I've learned in the tunnel and just implement it for like, I'll go on the tunnel, go to the tunnel on Wednesdays. Wednesday's my favorite day. And then go out that weekend and, and try to implement it, you know? And like, I'm doing solo jumps. I'm the most dangerous man on the drop zone, you know? Uh, Doing a solo head down, don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I want to hold on. So I like, want to park there for one second, not because I believe you, because I don't believe you, because I do think solo jumps can be done safely with a level of awareness. Correct. And so I believe you're saying it mockingly. I, I am. But I, I, I want to I wanna ask you about that because there are a lot of people who don't really get this statement. Why do you say they're dangerous and what do you do to prevent them from being dangerous? So in your... When you're first trying to learn any kind of free fly, you're going to be all over the place. All over the place. <laughs> and so, in turning off jump run, making sure you're not forward tracking or back tracking up, 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 up and down jump run, you know, because that would be disastrous if something was to happen. And uh, doing it with some sort of guidance or direction, or, you know. Yeah. Man... Heading awareness, jump run awareness, and true awareness, not I think I know, I know I know, and heading maintenance with that awareness. If you know you can do those things, then you are just zooming back and forth across the sky, not up and down the sky. Correct. Yeah. So now I dig it. So you're out there being the most dangerous man alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Uh, and, and like, I, I think it was a few weeks ago, man, I, I was trying my transition, you know, and like I'm sticking it, which I haven't even done in the tunnel, but I'm doing it in the sky, which was totally cool with me. And like, you know what I mean? I'm I'm totally cool with it. And, uh, yeah, that was, a like a, a, one of those aha moments, you know, that you get when you're learning new stuff in the sky or in general, actually. But, uh, yeah, that was probably one of the, best moments since I've, I've start, got into head down was, you know, transitioning on my, from, you know, from head up to head down and holding it for, for just a few seconds. That's a win. But the, it's a yeah, huge that's, win. yeah, that's a milestone. You know what I mean? And in a year from now, hopefully if everything goes right, you know, you'll be looking back like, man, like I was struggling, but now look, you know, and so as long as you're, pro- even if you're not progressing, as long as you're trying, you're going to progress. You're going to get better. You know, you, you can't suck forever. 
You don't have to compare. Watch me. Yes. <laughs> like a like a vacuum cleaner in a wind tunnel. Um, <laughs> Call that. <laughs> everybody progresses at their own speed. Don't compare your progression rate to somebody else's. Just because Joe Blow can suck through the program faster than anybody else. Wait, there's a lot of jokes there. Um, there's a lot of blowing and sucking <laughs> yeah, going on right now. Doesn't mean you should be able to or vice versa. Um, I'm curious about, so head down, big way head down is one of your goals. Um, I, I'm really curious about the state of Big Way Records. So, one of the things we just had the the head uh, head down uh, invitational camp here in Houston, and it was how big of groups? Uh, I think they were close to sixty. I want to say there were two groups that were fifty five or so each. So there were near a hundred people for the head down tryouts. I want to say there were like uh, I thought it was a bigger number than that because the first plan was that they were going to be a three plane shot followed by a two plane shot. So three planes, twenty four times three or no twenty three times three is what sixty nine sixty nine sure. slots. Yeah, nice. And they were yes. hey they were uh, doing that twice. Yeah, so it was between a hundred and one hundred and twenty somewhere around there. And one of the things that amazed me about this this camp that they had is it's common i'll walk through the packing room and recognize a large number of them and the numbers were very uh low on people i would recognize and part of me is immediately think like well this is cool fresh blood in the sport fresh people coming through the big way scene is growing but i quickly start asking questions in my brain and one of the questions goes to belly big way i was talking with some uh, belly big way organizers recently and they're afraid the big way world is falling apart on the on, on your belly um, look at the average age of the big way people at these 200 plus way events. They're all older and they're not getting younger. Younger people are not in the big way. So right now, um, all American big way is a camp that's going on. I think, uh, Doug, 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 what's his name from, uh, from rhythm. Uh, a couple other guys are throwing it. And that's one of their goals is to grow the big way scene to, to cultivate it from, from the young jumpers up. I talked to some of the coaches at this past event, and they've said they've noticed a large turnout of a lot of newer jumpers. There's a lot of people they don't know. Um, that's a great thing, but the thing that's not great is there's a lot of old school guys, a lot of veterans who are not coming back out and not showing back up. So I'm curious just in general if what's going to happen to the state of belly big way and then, excuse me, Tummy big way. Mm-hmm. It is tummy time. Yes, I, I heard the tummy. Yeah, it's tummy time. <laughs> uh, t- thank you, Rich Robots. Tummy big way, um, and eventually free fly big way. Like, is is because so many. I'm shocked when you sit here and tell me big way is my goal. I'm super excited for you. I like the goal. I love the goal. But usually, oh, yeah, oh no, dude, I want to fucking fly angles, brah. Yeah, I think that's kind of the waves <laughs> of popularity, right? Of, yeah. what, of what's big on the internet and what the cool kids are doing. But, you know, I was surprised by the number of, of cool kids like the Scott Rumbles, Nick Serrera, Jimmy Skates, people that, you know, on a normal weekend, you're going to see them out there doing movement jumps. Jimmy's not cool. <laughs> He's cool. Don't say Jimmy's that. Jimmy's old. You are old, Jimmy, but you are still cool. But those people are all <laughs> participating in the Head Down Big Way event. Yeah. And it's like, hey, you're seeing some of these people uh, change their focus. Some of these people that are, you know, the ones that are, like Cody Prentice is another one. Wasn't Cody Edgeworth on the record? Ooh, yeah. I I feel like I saw him out there. And I was really shocked, actually, to see that. I love Cody. He's he's a great flyer, but I, I didn't think that would be his cup of tea either. But the, they're going from you know movement jumps that have been the, this hot thing back to to big way stuff because uh, you know I think that it's hard to measure the success of some of the movement jumps like when you have a goal uh, it's like 
what does in your slot really look like when you're doing a movement jump? What's your slot really mean when you're not taking any grips? And it's like, hey, it's it's really obvious on a you know a, a static jump when you're in your slot and you're on level. Like it's a pretty measurable success. And so I think that uh, you know to really feel like you've checked a thing off the list, I think a, a goal like a, a big way goal, I, I think we'll do that. So are you looking at world record? I mean, I would love to be invited to do something like that. Okay, so yes, like I, I have like. I have like a like a tier, I guess a tier setup. You would think, you know, where like I would do belly stuff, head up, head down, then maybe get into movement, and and so on and so forth. And then once you, I think, immerse yourself in every different aspect of the sport, and like not really saying a jack of all trades, but you you'll have the ability to 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 mix them. You know what I mean? Or I do. or. or, or you know, I love watching the the stuff on YouTube where you see these guys that are doing movement jumps and then they're doing layouts and stuff like that. And because you take a little piece of all of that to to get into it, and that, that that's what I overall in the in my skydiving career, you know, that's where I want to be at eventually is to do stuff like that. Have you done any belly big ways? Mm-hmm. No, I have Man, not. Man, this shit is super fun. No, it, I've, I, like, no. So have <laughs> you done a, a formation load to airplanes? No. no. No, man, it's super fun. I would really recommend next time they do a belly big way camp at Spaceland, and they're going to start happening a little more regularly, go to them. Um, yes, I, Spaceland Big Way Fundamentals. If you see anything yeah. that's labeled that, or uh, Dallas Disturbance has been putting on uh, yeah. quite a few of those events. And the even the information of just you know the visuals, the approach, flying your slot, having good breakoffs, uh, practicing, just keeping track of that many moving parts and being uh, in that much traffic. Even that stuff alone, when you're not even dealing with the same uh, discipline of flying that you're that you're looking at, man, it's really helpful. I uh, I shot a lot of big way videos in my lifetime. And because of the big way videos I shot in my lifetime, I have zero interest in big ways because they were fucking clusterfucks. Mm-hmm. So a big part of it was the organizers I was around and also the day and age of skydiving. Like uh, A, better organizers, uh, but B, the thought process of how people approach these jumps are very different at the fundamental level. At the high end level, it didn't. It, it, it still evolved, but that safety thought process has always been there. But at the average everyday level, that safety process wasn't really a thought 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Today, even at our level, we're seeing young jumpers get these camps. I was by far the most experienced person in the room on in that camp. Um, tons of young jumpers. Oh, my God, I had so much fun. The I think you would enjoy it. I think you would really have a good time. Like, for me, I really got to focus on slot, you know, level slot dock. Level slot, I was where I needed to be right away. Um, I flew right behind the person who was I was supposed to be behind and my I just flew as close to him as I could the whole way down. Like I basically want to be able to pick up the grip as I get there. And then when my slot is filled, I just sit there in my slot and just wait. Just don't even take a dock. And the ability to just sit there and okay, this uh, it's breathing. Okay, but f- it's fun, dude. It's a good time. Yeah, I, I I kind of I find belly jumping to be pretty boring. Um I do like jumping with younger belly jumpers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like doing that a lot just to give them like little tips and tricks and stuff like that and see like to take something and like w- like kind of run with it and work use it yeah. that I find that pretty uh, fulfilling. So I wonder if you would find this boring and, and so I don't I would guess and I don't know this because I'm not in your brain. Um, I don't think you find belly jumps boring. 
you find non-productive jumps boring. So if you go into an environment where it's productive, where you're being challenged, where you're being pushed, where you're being shown a different part of a skill set, you seem like you would get invested. Would you have as much fun doing that versus going to shred with Alex and a sitter head down jump? Probably not. I'm not going to sit here and try to code it that way. But I, I'm curious because I don't, I don't think I would like something like that either. But then when I get in that structured learning environment where now when I go do a sit uh, a big way or a, he, uh, or a head down big way, I can think of those same fundamentals. I've seen these approaches. I've been in these places. I know what a slot feels like. I know what these things are. And I still am not interested in big ways. It was just a fun experience to, to have. Um, but I think it'll translate. But, man, I, I'm curious to how you would feel, even if it's not big way, about productive learning focused belly jumps. Like going and turn proper four-way. I hate four-way until I did four-way. Are you talking about like turning points? Yeah. I hate four-way until I did four-way. So here's four-way. I'll I'll redefine it now. I now understand there's a difference between four-ways and four-way. If the four of us go and randomly do a jump, call it four-way. That's not four-way. When you go out with a bunch of people who now to turn points and who are formation guys... And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a JK21. Like, what the fuck did you just say, man? Tell me who to grab when. But that's what's going on. And you go crank out 20 plus points. Oh, my God. It's so the structured, focused, flying, the, the, the measured, attainable, tangible goals, I think, is something that you yeah, just. Like, you know when you got through that jump. You know when yeah. you nailed the plan. I'd be curious how you would enjoy that versus. Cause I I don't like belly jumps. Dude, one of my <laughs> one of my funnest jumps in recent memory is I did a four way with myself, Steven, Nicole, and Pecker, and we dirt dive the shit out of it on the ground. And uh, man, we totally nailed. We got through the entire jump with that moment to pause at the end and just look at your friends' faces before break off and be like, man, we totally just fucking nailed that jump. Man, it's super fun. Did, I'm you, mad at did you know that Pecker was born in the forties? That's insane. Pecker really? is that yes, Pecker is that old. He was born in the forties. Dude, that really puts it in perspective. That was a that was a hot minute again. That's yeah. like Dude, World War II, he, man. That's he's like, awesome. I love to visit with him. I love even just the way that he visits. Like he's just got his like good old boy dude attitude, and like man. his gopro on a frap hat that in it all green too he's got like a green frap hat with like a gopro three or four that he turns on at like eight grand man it's it's rad yeah, we, we like should he's get got it. his routine he's got his stuff it's like past his bedtime. he's got good <laughs> stories yeah we do need to maybe we'll do an earlier day show so dude that would so be pecker dude, that show would be, up. pecker's at 100 percent on my list of people to ask right. he's uh that dude is fucking entertaining but have man, you asked have you seen his rig no, uh, like I mean, I've seen it, but I've never looked no, at it closely. You don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, then ask him to see the rigs that he used to build. R- okay, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what daisy chaining lines are? Yeah, he would daisy. He, he didn't have three rings. He had a daisy chain system for three rings. And I mean, when you look at it said and done, you're like, it works. He only sold it in Canada um, because it wasn't TSO'd. So, uh, dude, he. He'll whip it out. He'll he'll whip it out. <laughs> hey, yeah. feller named Pecker. Whip gonna whip it out. <laughs> um, dude, it's, it's a really cool rig. He'll show it to you. He'll share it with you. He's you know Pecker. He'll tell a good story. Yeah, but I do think formation loads even on your belly, man. When you know you talked about the thrill of being the last diver, when you're racing thirty five other people to the base. It, man, it doesn't matter what orientation you're in. When you're docking on someone who for the last twenty minutes has been riding in another airplane. Man, it's it's just awesome. Yeah, that, that, that seems pretty. I cool. haven't seen you in like half an hour. How you been? <laughs> I don't know why I turn into a redneck when I get excited. 
It's all right. We're in Texas. It feels appropriate. Hell yeah, brother. I uh, I tell people regularly, I'm the son of a Marine and I'm a Texan. Um, when people ask me how I feel about guns, I'm a son of a Marine and I'm a Texan. I'm not really a Texan, but uh, it works. I like Texas said and done. Are you a Texan native? I uh, have lived within probably 30 miles of the drop zone my entire life. So you are Texan. I'm, I'm like, I've lived in the same... 30 mile radius. How do you feel about life. being a Texan? How do you feel about Texas? I have Texas edition tattooed on my, my arm here. <laughs> like, Man. like I'm yes. Texan Bo- pride is Texas. a thing. Yeah. Yes. I think it's a thing you can catch too. Uh, I hunt dude. I'm proud to be a Texan at this point. Like I, dude, I get it. Like I made fun of Texas till I got here. Yeah. And now I'm like, I still make fun of us. <laughs> yeah. But make fun of us. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Dude. I, I used the the term identifying as a Texan the other day, and someone thought that sounded funny. Like I, I'm identifying as you know gender or whatever. It, it, but man, I identify as a Texan. I feel like I'm a Texan. Is is anybody else here born? No, no. You're just you, man. No, I'm probably the most recent Texan in this room because I just switched all my stuff over and like became official. Yeah, oh five yeah. for me. Yeah, 2012. So 2021, barely yeah, no, two. What year is it? Recent twenty two. So. Wait, so like for for folks like us who who weren't born in Texas, but we recently moved to Texas, can we call ourselves Texans, or does that uh, does that upset real Texans? Uh, oh man, man be honest, say, no. be honest. Uh, tell me, we're not we're not in the club. <laughs> like dude. what what would you call us? Man, it all depends. Okay, <laughs> like, like I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I like I was born in Texas City, Texas. Bro. Yeah, like I'm like the most Texas. <laughs> That's as Texas as it gets. I'm as Texas as you can get. Um, I love guns. Uh, you know, cars. You know, everything. Yeah. So, armadillos. I, I armadillos. Uh, <laughs> I, I so I back when I drank, I used to stop if I saw an armadillo dead yes. on his back, I would stop and put because uh, I always had a beer bottle in my car and put a beer bottle on, uh, in his arms. Like that was like <laughs> I had to do I, it. I had a buddy from Del Rio, Texas, when I was in high school, and we drove through Del Rio, drove through Texas when I went to college in, in Tennessee. And I learned at the age of 18 that that was a very real thing. And I saw a few of them driving through Texas. Yes. Yeah, I like, like it. Man. And now that I've, I've gotten sober, I'll do it with a Gatorade bottle. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Character development. Yes. Wait, <laughs> wait. So is that like, is, that, is there a name for what that is? I have like, no idea. It's no. just, it's just what you do. Yeah. It's like, it's, you have to do it. I, uh, <laughs> oh, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to go find one. Steve, do I get, do I get like bro, a Texas point? The, like, like in my, in my little, like, yes, you, you get a, it's a stamp and a card. You get five, <laughs> okay. you're Sick. in. Perfect. <laughs> I'm on it. I'll catch the you guys greatest, later. He's got boots too. The he's greatest thing I boots. ever saw was a dead uh, wild hog on the side of the road and people got him get well soon balloons <laughs> and like tied it to the hog leg while driving <laughs> down the road in Alvin. Do you think they just so happened to have those balloons or did they make a trip just no, for those No, it was balloons? on the way out to the chemical plants. I guarantee you somebody was like, I'm going to bring some motherfucking balloons tomorrow <laughs> for that guy. I hope he gets better. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think that there was a trip involved. Wait, so back to, like, do, do you have a name for people who moved to Texas and aren't officially Texans? Like, No, I, 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 no, I, don't, okay. I don't know. Yeah, there Just needs to be a, a proper derogatory term, right? I don't like know. Waffos? Like Tex-Nots or something. I mean, I'm just spitballing <laughs> here, but, like, yeah, they just ain't. Like, the, I've always seen, like, bumper stickers. I'm not a, uh, I'm not from Texas, but I got here as fast as I could. Yeah. And, like, yeah. you know, te- I think a lot of Texans are very welcoming people. Yeah. You know, like... 
you know, like when you get into like downtown Houston and into the bigger cities, it's That's not as prevalent as it is like out by where we live. You know, we open the door for people, say people say thank you and so on and so forth. And you get that down home mentality. Like, so my, my granny is in her eighties and I could bring any one of you to granny's Thanksgiving dinner and you would be treated as family. Man, you awesome. know what I mean? Yeah, no, and, and yeah. like I don't know if you, I've never been anywhere else, but I don't know if you get that anywhere else. Southern hospitality in general is common. Um, so started my life in Tennessee and Alabama. Um, I don't remember tons of it because I left when I was eight years old, but I do remember a decent bit. My uncle and aunt are from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Family from um, um, Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky, and Florida, and absolutely hospitality. Southern hospitality is very much a thing. What you're describing is that. But Texans just do it extra, 100%. Like, I, I've lived all over the world, man, and, and Texans, it's a unique place. Like, I hate Houston. Oh, as far oh, as oh, oh, most definitely. The city, the people know, the food know, the economy know, the, 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 the city itself as far as the tallest thing in Houston's a fucking overpass. Uh, the weather's the same all year. There's two seasons. No, there's four. There's summer most of the year, one day of fall, two months of winter, which is like basically rain, one day of spring, and then it's summer again for fucking eight months. It's it's a bore. I, I hate the place as far as that goes. No state income tax, by the way. Love it. One of the reasons why it's on our list of places to stay in our lives. Um, the economy. Dude, our economy's fucking killer. During the 08 recession, our house lost a 1% of value, where we had friends in California lose 50% in their home value. Like, that's ridiculous. So, I, I was in California with 650 for a gallon of gas. I'm paying 370 here by my house. Man, it, I, I like Texas and the food. Speaking of food, what's up? Are we going to plan the stuff for base festival round two? You like to eat? Do you see this? Look at this <laughs> like, guy, son. Hey, bro, I told you I fall fast. Of course I like to eat. Does this look like a slow fall? Yes. I told, I have, my wife is Hispanic. Beans, rice, tortillas, fajitas. Well, that's, that's it, man. That's all you need. Have you yes. ever heard of the Stuff Your Face Festival? No, I have not. You have now. Um, what did we do last time? Bernie's Burger Bus. Yeah, they're out of business now, which is sad. This was yes. pre-pandemic. Mm. Smush ice cream. Yep. The ramen joint. No, no, no. Just Mac. Uh, Just Mac we went to. Uh, the donut shop. Voodoo Donuts. And then the ramen shop. Yeah. Is that it? Was there only five? I feel like you're listening because we did go food, dessert, food, dessert, food. It ended on food, I think. Yeah, we ended on, on ramen. So um, this was back to back. to This is go one place, eat. Go to the next place, eat. Go to the next place, eat. This is a nonstop eating fest. Gluttony. Oh, yeah, 100% horrible. Um, some of us planned. I thought a little bit ahead, like I had a reasonable <laughs> first meal. I love that you think. <laughs> that. I, so I have no willpower. I had a food. cup of coffee at the donut shop. That's all I have. No, like I, if I, I have an on and off switch with food. I can turn it off and I can be fine. I don't have to, like I can be on a diet. I can be fasting. I can be whatever. Like I'm really in control of my relationship with food until I'm not. And it's the polar fucking opposite. And the moment that we go to, to Bernie's Burger Bus, like I started off with the biggest thing they had on the menu. Nope. Medium it, thing. Dude, there's, they don't have anything bigger than the uh, the uh, detention burger is what it's called. The, no, I'm saying I did something medium. Burger. Oh, yeah. You do. You just. Yeah. The, this burger, instead of being between two burger buns, the buns are each a grilled cheese sandwich. It's it's phenomenal. It's uh, 
But yeah, so I wasn't able, like, I would love to be able to make a responsible choice about what I'm going to eat, knowing that we're going to go to five restaurants. But no, we're going to show up and I'm going to make a mistake. Yes, and I'm going to, I'm going to eat that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you shouldn't eat that. No, I'm going to no, fucking eat it's that. It's happening. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we should do that again. Do you have, do you have anywhere that you're dying to eat? So, Star Pizza is on. So, okay. we, we have a problem. One of the problems is is that they all need to be relatively close to each other. Just the amount of time we spend together in this trip, it, we can't. We we did it like every place was within miles of each other. Yeah, we can map it out though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, how many places are we going to do? I think we should do six. Six places <laughs> and be hell yeah. And I'm going to try and be more responsible. I'm going to try and be able to enjoy food at all six places. Man, you're not going to be able to do that. I, so what we should do? Can is we, we start just, with a brunch place? We could just get wheelbarrows and like that's how you get from A to B. Like we have the the eaters and the the pushers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like a triathlon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a pub crawl. You, can, man, you can go as hard as you want to and just get in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> pub uh, crawl style. I mean, all right, I'll I'll be in the wheelbarrow. That's what do you fine. think, Cone? Is you in? Yeah. I'm down. down. I'm down. All right, man. Let's do oh this. Wait, is there any place that you would go? Like any any restaurant that pops up immediately? I guess it's like in the Houston area, but uh, there's a, a faux place that my wife and I just went and ate over by uh, by Baybrook Mall. That was okay. pretty good. Yeah. And like, there's there. I don't know. It, do y'all make it that out that way? Anymore? I do. Yeah. Yeah. There's like it is blown up over there yes, with restaurants has. in mm-hmm. between Barrier Boulevard and 646. They've got any restaurant you could ever ask for. That place was such a shithole when I first moved here, Baybrook Mall. Uh, yes, yeah. Well, yeah. I well, so I I grew up on yeah. that side of town, yeah. and like six forty six used to be a two lane road. There was nothing out there but cow pastures. Um, where the like Best Buy and all that stuff is, there was actually a drag strip out there, a, 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 like way back in the day. So, and uh, well, uh, you know, all the guys at the the Boyds over at you know Spaceland, they they remember because. Back in when they all started jumping, and Chuck talks about it sometimes at the old space land, uh, right? SPX, yeah, yeah, like back over off ninety six. That was a dead end road. There was nothing out there, yeah. And so I, I'm, I'm, quote unquote, that old, you know, to remember all that stuff being nothing out there. When I moved here to uh, Houston, Pearland, the five eighteen exit right here, mm-hmm. uh, Olive Garden was one of the only restaurants there. Walmart was newer. Um, Target was still being built. Like all of the, this, that whole intersection five eighteen was almost nothing. Yeah. Um, just a couple years before me, there was just a gas station there, and that was yeah. It. I remember when it was two lanes. Yeah, and it's it's ridiculous how this area has grown. It's it's and it's growing ridiculously faster. So. Um, great for our property value. We ain't mad at that. That's yeah. for damn sure, man. Oh my God. I'm watching what houses are selling for in my neighborhood and I'm not mad. Not mad one bit. Time to get excited. Uh, dude. Yeah, man. It, it's, if we have a market crash and my house just holds value, which is what it did last market crash for gold. Um, if it loses value, we still be okay. It's Houston back to it, man. I love the economy of Houston. It's robust. Yes. So. I feel like you guys are going to have a car guy conversation whether I invite it or not. Do you think that's going to happen? <laughs> At some point, I, th- I think it's just a... Yeah, no. I'm not worried about having you know, a show. You know what I liked about I when you showed up? I forgot about the car. I, I, uh, I like when people who I like, but I know that they haven't had a lot of interaction with each other, I like when I see those people get along. Which find is a, a bond. Yeah, which is exactly yeah. when, you show, when you came are, in. Are, and you we guys, a, are we on a blind date? A little uh-huh. bit, yeah. Hold on, play footsies. I mean, I know you guys are both, you know, you both have wives and are probably good at keeping a secret, so you might as well hang out with each other. 
Okay, I thought there was about to be a wife. <laughs> I'm like, is there a pineapple on my front door? Yeah. But uh, my wife's not down for that. <laughs> oh, I, I honestly, I didn't know that you were a car guy. I knew that you had, you know, that you do the, the tow truck company, the uh-huh. wrecking service. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, that makes sense that you would have some involvement with vehicles. But you showed up in if, a... If you look, my hat says, uh, me CC, it's yeah. my car club. Yeah, I didn't know that. No idea. See, that's, that's not like, I'm not a car guy, so this is not even on my radar at all. But you showed up in the drop zone in a little blue lowrider with some very serious hydraulics in it. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay, great. He's one of those. Yes, I'm... You people? Yeah, he's another one. Asians? Yeah. You're Asian? No. no, you said you had a small penis earlier. It's part of the yeah. It's part of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. part of the deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but big balls is that's yes, the white that's, that's the white yeah. boy thing. Yeah, uh, I'm old, so I I, oh, I have sit, droopy yeah. balls. Does that, that help? Different. <laughs> <laughs> I sit down and only one thing touches the well, two their balls. So, yeah. um, where's the third one? The third ball? Yeah, you guys don't have to. <laughs> Sorry, never mind. <laughs> Cars. <laughs> But no, for real, man, you've drove in some pretty cool things through the drop zone. Like, I, I have a very unique... Um, Although, what is what is the blue thing with the hydraulics? What is it? That is a 1984 Pontiac Grand Prix. It's two years older than I am. <laughs> okay, nice. Um, I have an 86 Volkswagen Rabbit diesel. Um, I have an 89... Like, do, am I going to name these? Go for Wait, it. I'm, I, 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 I don't know, I can picture I don't know how many cars part. you've got. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm good I, with this. Yeah, oh, my God. So I have an '89 S10. Okay. Um, Anything done to it? Yeah, it's got a full frame built, okay. uh, bagged and body dropped. Okay. On twenties, I've been working on it for the past couple of years. Um, it's what I pictured when you said an S10. It's yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I have a nineteen. Yes, yes, on twenties. Yes. A, a nineteen seventy nine F two F three fifty. Um, that's like immaculate. It came out of the Midwest. Uh, I have a seventy six F six hundred. Um, it's just a, a bigger, like medium duty truck. Um, I have a 2006 Subaru WRX. That's a fun little car. Yep. It stays in storage. Um, why? I, I don't want to put miles on it. Okay. I guess, uh, I, I've drove it to the drop zone a couple of times. Um, it's got it's very, a car you want to keep for a while. Very purple wheels, like super duper purple wheels. Um, so that when you see the Subaru with purple wheels, that's yeah. mine. Um, I have a 64 Impala, a 63 Biscayne, uh, which is also a Chevrolet. Yeah. It's the same thing as an Impala. Um, a 1984 Caprice Classic two-door. That one, I, yeah. That, that that that's the one about. we were talking about. I, yeah. That was my very first car. That's uh, what got me into working on automobiles because uh, it was a $200 hoodoo. And I had to fix it if I wanted to go somewhere. Hoodoo? Hoodoo. That is a Houston thing, my friend. Yeah, is what it, is hoodoo? hoodoo? A hoodoo? Yeah. A hoodoo is a piece of shit car. Okay. Like now it's now it's called a shit box. But back okay. in the day it was a hoodoo. Uh, oh man, I feel like there's another word from my childhood. Not a hoopty. It's uh It's it's kinda like a hoopty. Jalopy? A jalopy. Jalopy, yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Jalopy, yeah. All right. That would be hoodoo. A hoodoo. Hoodoo. He's over there Googling hoodoo stuff. I'm on Urban now. Dictionary right now. I'll see if I can pull up a definition. Yes. Man, it's I like and most of the cars I like are sixty seventies. But when we're talking trucks, fifties, man. Yeah. This pick. I'm, I'm I'm not a Ford guy. I do happen to have owned a lot of Fords. I own Mustangs, not because I'm just a Mustang guy, like my classic muscle period. But man, when you get into the fifties and Chevy pickup trucks, 
Oh my god! Yeah, I'm, I like I'm that a one. '50s Ford guy. Oh, uh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you one yeah. bit because they're bo- everything in the '50s truck wise is sexiest. Yeah, yeah. Fuck man, but it's it's. When I was young, I wanted a 67 Mustang or a 50, and I never, I can't remember what year that truck I want, first saw was inspired me, but I wanted a 50-some Chevy. The same truck that Forrest gets chased down in. A uh, probably. It's that yeah, Chevy yeah. truck. Yeah, and I mean, I, and it's when I saw in person. Anytime I've fallen in love with a car, it's not been I've fallen in love with a car because I saw it on a poster or in a magazine. It's because I had a firsthand experience touching, seeing, riding, being around, whatever. I'm like, oh, my God. This is the fucking prettiest thing ever. I want to make love to the gas tank. Can I come in your gas? Wait a minute. Hold on a <laughs> oh, second. Hey, and, and I have an eighty-six or eighty-eight Fiero GT. I had a Fiero. Bro, you know why? <laughs> I had do you know why GT. I have a Fiero? Because I'm too poor to afford a Ferrari or a DeLorean, so I have a Fiero. <laughs> I don't even know what a Fiero looks like. Oh my god! Did you ever I'm watch How I Met right Your Mother? I want to see it. Uh, is it red? Is it a red yes. Fiero? Mine was yes. black. It's an 88 Fiero. Okay, GT. yeah, because I just Googled it, and like all of them, almost all of them are red. They're all red. <laughs> yeah, I had a black one. Um, a Fiero is a two-seater. It's a mid-engine mount. Um, the engine's in the back. Now. Okay, yeah, poor man's Ferrari. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's a poor man's Ferrari. Yeah, okay. yeah. You can swing that monitor uh, out towards Nick if you want. Um, yeah, yeah, just manhandle it. Um, oh, yeah, I've seen those things. Yeah, I have yeah. that car. Yeah. I, uh, I had a black one. Uh, it's... I, my car, my truck was in a, a wreck. I had money. It was affordable. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to buy this thing. Uh, did not did, know of all the gremlins that came with Fieros. Did it catch on fire? No. No, because... <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, 100%, 86, dude. 86 Fieros catch yeah, on fire and yeah. burn down. Like, and the, like consistently? Yes. Some of the wiring <laughs> with the firewall would get frayed and set off a fire. Damn. And that was found in, to be a problem in my car, created an issue... And that was when I was told this happens. Good thing it happened this way to you because we can fix this right now. But it's going to like, all right, I guess I'm not going to have a car burned down, but fix it, please. So, I mean, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a better way to figure out what's going to happen to your car. Man. DeLoreans have the same problem. DeLoreans have yeah, a yeah. Uh, fuel injection distributor and the fuel yeah. lines that go to it. They burst and uh, they catch on fire. That's why you see a lot of DeLoreans that were bur- burned. They're bringing that car back. So the guy that bought DMC Motors is based out of Houston, and he bought no all shit. of the stock, like all of the. Where's he building ones. them? Uh, I think he's over in Katy. Is he building them here in Houston yes, area? Yes, dude. So I my '67. I'm gonna rest him on it. Do you have somebody now? First of all, I want somebody who's good with Mustangs, who's experienced with Mustangs, and knows the gremlins you have when you put a Coyote in a '67. It's actually pretty easy, said and done. Do I have someone I would recommend? Yes. No. No. Nope. I, uh, not for a man's, not for, I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah. Well, the cojones sent me over here. And no, 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 I don't want your I name. I my fucking car. No, no, it, I don't want you your know? name. So here's what I expect when I take a 67 Mustang to a shop. I'm going to give it to them. They're going to have it for shy of a year. And that's a, and it's going to be every part of that shy of a year. Uh, I'm going to lay down a chunk of money that's worth more than my 16 that's sitting in the garage for them to do everything to this car. I understand what frame-off restoration is going to take. I understand the grooms are with my car. So if you, knowing that I am investing serious time and money into this project, if you think of a place you would recommend, let me know, or at least some names that I would look into. Um, I also uh, member of Mustang Club of America, Mustang Club of Houston, so I'm going to ask the Mustang Club of Houston guys who they would go with. But uh, do you know um, Bombaris? No. They're a shop west of, or yeah, west of, of of Houston, and I've seen a lot of their work. They do a lot of cars, everything. And man, I'm I'm super curious. 
I, I just I want to find a good shop. I, I'll ask anybody who has a good recommendation. So uh, Potter had a good recommendation. You know, remember Potter? Yeah, Alex. Harry Potter. Yeah, Alex Fry. He used to do uh, old car restoration. He worked in a classic car shop. So I saw the show Overhaul in once. <laughs> Is that total sacrilege for you guys? No, man. No, it's fun to watch. No. I enjoy it. Um, what was her name was on that show? Hot chick. Overhauling? Yeah. Dude, I've never even heard of it. Uh, Chip Foose? Yeah. Yeah, basically the premise of the show is... Let's say that I know the DJ has this Mustang in his garage, but it's, you know, sitting there for two years, sitting there forever. And all he does is talk about, oh, he's going to get to it. He's going to get to it. He's never actually made any any progress. And now me and you are in on it where we're going to call overhaul and we're going to say, hey, we got this friend. He's got this car Uh and they're going to stage the theft of the car. Right. So they steal the car out of the garage. DJ comes home. We're in on it. DJ's not in on it. DJ comes home that the car is missing, and now uh, you know there's going to be a fake police investigator, yada, yada, yada. A few weeks later, the car shows back up with uh, you know this crazy restoration that's happened. Hmm. It was it's like dope. Pimp My Ride for old people. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Pimp <laughs> My Ride where they actually it. fix the car instead of just making it a piece of shit that looks nice. They don't put TVs in every possible nook and cranny? Because <laughs> that's what I remember when I remember that show. I remember like really bright colors and TVs, and, like rims, I guess. And Ja was it? No, not Ja Rule. Uh, Who was exhibit? it? Exhibit. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a. I, I just I want to find somebody. I, I it's. I want to be off the beaten path. I don't care about the biggest, fanciest known names. I mean, there are people who would be cool to work on your car, but I, I want to find somebody, in, between here and San Antonio distance. I don't necessarily go to San Antonio, but between here and, and that range around town. So. So I I for a couple of years I've I've been a automotive technician my whole life pretty much since i was 18 and so for a couple of years back in i'd say 08 to 2010 maybe early 2011 i took a break and went and actually built custom cars um for a company and uh well I was with a company and the process is on god like if they say it's gonna take a year it's gonna take two yeah like it's just long and drawn out, and there's one thing after another, after another, after another, and the list it's I have so hard to find people that are dedicated and they're gonna do what they say they're gonna do. Yeah, in that industry, it's because really it's hard. not a real, it's not a real money. I guess I'm, maybe from my experience, it's not a real money making industry, you know, and it's kind of like painting a like car painters there's a million car painters out there finding a good one is hard yeah and you might find a good one but he's going to be backed up and he's going to take a long time on your car yeah and everything goes wrong you don't know what you can or can't get i i have i have a almost comprehensive list of everything i want done and how it would be done my original goal was to buy this car and save up for two to five years for what needs to be done next, and then empty out my garage. In other words, take my one car out and only leave the one in there and work on it for however many months it takes me and a couple buddies to to tinker with it, and then save up for another two to five years, whatever the next project money required, and do it again and do it again and just take it to places as I needed to. And uh, fortunately, um, just got in a work situation that allows me to say I could do that, or I could just set it aside for five years and save all the money and throw it at a shop, let them have it for a year or two. It's a lot of time invested. It's a lot of money invested, but I'll still have it done more than what I wanted sooner by accepting it's going to cost a lot of money and a lot of time. 
but I have no kids and I have no desire for kids. So my sister and I talk about it all the time, all that like money invested in preschool, daycare, children's clothes, health care, the snots, the fucking meta, all that shit. Like, I'm so happy for y'all who have kids, I'm, I'm not, but I don't have to deal with that. So one of my really good buddies always makes fun of me when he asks, like, what are you doing? I'm doing this. He's like, oh, yeah, you don't have kids. My bad. He's, he's always upset. Like, oh, I'm, oh, I just bought this. He goes, oh, yeah, that's right. You don't have kids. My bad. Do you have kids? Yes. He's actually at soccer practice right now. That son of a bitch. Yeah. How old is he? <laughs> he is six years old. Oh, man. I, I take that back. What's your son's name? Sean. Should I take Sean. that back, Sean? If he was like 16, I'd still call him a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that Sean caught his first fish the other day. He did. He yeah. got it in the swoop pond. No, <laughs> what kind not of fish? Just, like not just one, he, like dozens. That kid was like, he, I mean, we brought a hot dog and a fishing pole, and that kid was just reeling them in. Man, what a great first experience for fishing! Because like a lot of times, it's like oh, maybe you get something, maybe you don't. But when you're just like well, reeling in one after another, so we have a we have a, a a boat. It's my it was my grandpa's boat. Okay, and now it's my boat, and I've taken him out fishing in the bayous before with it, and he caught a crab. And he thought that was the coolest shit in the world. Like, Dad, I caught a fish. That's a crab, buddy. I caught it. I caught it, though. Yep, you caught crabs. At <laughs> I caught crabs and didn't know it either, buddy. You are your Welcome father's son. <laughs> don't tell anybody, all right? Or if you do, just tell them you weren't with me. And uh, I, I asked a member of management if I could take my son fishing in the swoop pond. And he said, as long as I don't let him play on the runway. And... Uh, I tried my damnedest to get him to play on the runway, but he wouldn't go. <laughs> and so he, uh, yeah, he went out there and killed it. And we actually saw the gator. I thought the gator story was bullshit. And like, <laughs> there's actually a little alligator over dude, in the swoop pond. Yeah, dude, it's a real thing, man. Yes. Like, so many people think we're bullshitting, but like, wait until summer rolls around. You're going to see some fucking gators. Yeah, and they all don't stay little, they get big. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. They probably go what across the street for uh, for wintertime and hibernation. Yeah, or I don't know. Like I've never seen one on the road, but obviously they're not just Dude. being born in the pond, right? I've seen one on the road, but it was in a video, and it was Pedro's video. <laughs> he was filming his own uh, POV, and he walked up to the gator trying to move it off the road by grabbing it by the tail. Pedro, <laughs> it turns and snaps at him, and he like screams something in Spanish, and the camera gets all shaky. But like, dude, it's I'm the funniest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everyone's like. Dude, that's not how you move a gator. Pedro's <laughs> like, I had no clue. He's just trying to get it off the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I would try and move an alligator, but I, man, I guess I'd start with throwing rocks at it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe he threw some rocks, but what I saw in the video, he just like a man walked up to it, like gator, grabbed it by the tail. Hey, puto, go. <laughs> I mean, does, does anyone in this room know how you're supposed to move that alligator? I Drive don't. around it. That's my goal. For sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. That was, you know, the, it was, that's a, get where's Gator Chris? That's a really good point because when everybody was watching the video on the drop zone, everyone said, that's not how you move a gator. But no one actually told me how to move a gator. So <laughs> yeah. I think we were just talking shit. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> I mean, Gator Chris would know. I'm we, pretty we know sure you don't have to know to know that's not how you move a gator. That's true. You probably just. I bet you it. there's a YouTube tutorial. You run them over with a car with a and you drag them off into their ditch. And then if it rolls on its belly, you put a beer on it, right? <laughs> yes. I'm yes, getting it. Exactly I'm getting what it. You're working on it. It's armadillos, not gators. But yeah, okay. we'll is it okay. only armadillos? It's only armadillos. It, it's a process. You celebrated the hog story. What if what if <laughs> okay. we gave the alligator balloons? Are you gonna like that? Yes, that would be hilarious. <laughs> okay, great. What if we propped him up in a chair and he sat there with a beer in his hand? 
That'd be awesome. Okay, great. That'd be the greatest thing got, I've ever dude, seen. Dude, now I'm going to start looking for roadkill and thinking Road, about things yes. I can do with it and send to you. If you want to be a Texan and a true hick, you have to play with dead animals on the side <laughs> of the road. Okay, perfect. It's, <laughs> a, it's a requisite. Does it have to be roadkill or can I take a dead animal out to the road? What are you doing with dead animals? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Kevin wasn't doing well recently. I mean, you might have. <laughs> He's talking about my cat. He's trying to make a dead cat joke. Your cat's name I'm is sorry, Kevin. Is Kevin yeah. still alive? He's still alive. Yeah, okay. cool. I have a Wait dog. a minute. I have a dog named Frank. <laughs> oh, dude, I bet you they'd be buddies. Frank and Kevin, dude, they sound like a dynamic yes. little duo. Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's Kevin of the Kevins. <laughs> that's Kevin the third. Yep. That's okay. Proper Kevin. There's three cats. They were three? There were three. There are now two. Yeah, named Kevin. And they're not all boys. They're just all named Kevin. <laughs> so, yeah, we had Kevin, girl Kevin, and Kevin the third. <laughs> so, uh, did you meet Meaty? Did you meet uh, Brockton when he swung through town at any point? No. Okay. Uh, that's who had them, right? Yep. Brockton mm. had taken in a stray cat, uh, Brockton, a.k.a. Meaty. Uh, and the cat was pregnant. He didn't know. And then the cat had babies. And he was on the phone with his sister as he was birthing the kittens. And he said, oh, dude, what do I name these cats? And she said, name the Kevin. And then, you know the movie Up? Did you see the movie Up? No. no Balloons okay. and that. Oh, man, you don't know Up? Yeah, I do. Okay, great movie. You should watch it. Um, yeah, Kevin is a bird in the movie Up. And uh, it's a funny name for a pet. And so, yeah, we got Kevin. Yeah, dude. Up is sick. <laughs> That's a perfect Brockton That's my Brockton. Right? That's yeah. what he sounds like. Or hey, set. dude. Hey, dude. Yeah. Hey, dude. That's sick. <laughs> Wait, does he still work at uh, Utah? I fly Utah. He's still there for right now. He's moving to uh, Arizona pretty soon. Okay. What's he doing to Arizona? Uh, doing to Arizona. He's uh, invading it. And his lady lives there. Just, uh, Justine, I want to say. I didn't know he had a lady. Yeah, she, really sweet. I'm pretty sure that's her name. Uh, really sweet girl. She lives uh, in, uh, I'm not sure what part of uh, Arizona, but he's getting a part-time job at the Arizona Wind Tunnel at the Drop Zone and then growing things from there. Nice man. He's uh, I don't like him. He left here. If he'd stay here, we'd like him. But super, super good. Well, he fucking left, so we don't like him anymore. Yeah, really nice. He started as a videographer at the Drop Zone, got a job at the Memorial Tunnel, and became a shredder. And worked the last uh, two and a half years, I want to say, at the Utah Tunnel. Mm-hmm. And uh, now he's in love. Is it, is a uh, Utah Tunnel still a thing as far as getting good coaching, good pricing? Man, I think that they've got a really good price. The coaching there is really great. Uh, Dusty Hanks is the uh, he's the OG there. He's been there since that tunnel opened, which I believe has been fifteen years. And wow. he's been, you know, he was uh, that makes you feel old. A good flyer before the tunnel opened. And uh, him, Reese, uh, Reese Wilson. He's uh, so Dusty's a world champion in VFS on uh, SEC Core. Uh, Reese was a world champion in freestyle. And uh, then they have a, f- a handful of other coaches. Hamish, I know, is a is a super shredder. Um, gosh, I can't think of who they're... Uh, they have... They, all, everybody who works there is good because it's much different than most of the iFly tunnels. Most iFlies are pretty centered around first-time flyers, but they do almost no first-time flyers. They almost exclusively have skydivers who travel in and uh, do those sorts of camps. So they're just they're just coaching experienced flyers all the time. What a great place, man. I... Uh I really wish. Uh, I, I love the iFly Tunnel. It's a wonderful tunnel as far as, as the tube itself goes. And there are a lot of great people at iFly. A lot of my friends work there. I wish another successful tunnel company would open in the U.S. just to push the business model, just to push that marketing, that thought process, and to, to have more accessible things. So, you know, it, it's good, healthy competition. It breeds good, healthy 
product. That's a good question for you, Dave. You flew in that uh, Russian tunnel. Did you feel like there was a big difference in the way that they were treating experienced flyers compared so, to your experiences at iFly? So that tunnel was originally an iFly tunnel. Okay. Hmm. Um, and I guess they bought out of the, f- like, quote-unquote franchise, maybe? Mm-hmm. And uh, they did very well uh, accommodating for fun, uh, fun jumpers and first time flyers like in you know how they like in memorial you know i fly they take them up and it's nice and gentle those guys are rocking them fucking six year olds <laughs> bro like <laughs> i was like holy shit i would be nervous flying like that in that tunnel and they are like they're riding it like a roller coaster big time and so are high flights a little more tame than they used to be at Memorial? They, they definitely are more tame than they used to be. They used to be there used to not really be a standard about how high they could go, and I think a lot of them would go up to there's um like there's an iFly logo that I don't know how many feet up the, the I, I'm the, with you, but it's about the r- the ring and most of the tunnels, um, most of these new fourteen foot one uh, fourteen foot recirculating tunnels. The ring is oh god, I want to say it's four meters above the. Uh, three or four meters above the net. Feet, what feet for us? Sorry, they told uh, twelve we to are in sixteen. Texas after all. Yeah. Texas. But um, now they they can fly to the top of the ring. So the metal piece that's the top of the glass. That's a high flight now. That's a, that's a high flight. Yeah. And if you're the customer, you don't know the difference. No, you just no, know you that, the, that you were so close to the net the whole time, and yeah, now you're way up. There. <laughs> so have you ever been taken on a high flight, proper high flight? So I've never, like, up until before uh, I went to Moscow, I had never been in the tunnel before. So you've never been taken on a high no, flight? No, I've never, okay, like... Cool. Would you ask Rory to take you one at the yeah. end of a rotation. Like, say, take me on a high flight and take me on a ride. Dude, I've heard they're fucking fun. Dude, <laughs> like, really? I had yeah. a buddy Jay Vienendahl do this for me. I, I I don't have a shitload of tunnel time, but I have over 20 hours, so a decent number. And Jay That's and I would... That's a shitload of tunnel time, by the way. Yeah, no. Um, looking at some of our friends, it's it's easy for me to think no. Um, the uh, At the end of a rotation, I'm like, hey, we were training AFF something. We were doing actually some work stuff in there. It's like, at the end of this rotation, take me on a high flight. So I know it's coming, and he takes me on a fucking rip he jets up as hard and as fast as he can spins as as hard as he can and literally somebody's got video of it punches a stand to bring us back down and hits the brakes right before we get to the bottom just takes me on a fucking screamer and he was like you were laughing so hard the whole time i'm like you could hear me he goes no i could feel you and i was i was like (laughs) just giggling he's like dude you were shaking me the entire time you were laughing so hard Fucking childlike humor, dude. It's fun. I ask Rory if he'll take you on a high flight. It's what five seconds of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's worth it. And you might hate it, but you'll say you've done it. But it's terrifying and great. It's and let go. Let him have complete control. Like just trust. You trust Rory, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was John Barry, it's another conversation. Have you? You've never met John Barry. I don't believe That's so. That's no fun. Then John's a great dude. So, um, yeah, ask him for one. Is that who you mainly coach with? And I fly by the way, yeah, Rory. Rory. Yeah, dude. It's how good much, to see him doing well. How much time have you done in the iFly tunnel now? Um, Admitting your uh, Russia trip. Probably an hour and a half. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, it's it's So go, uh, traveling to Moscow and so on and so forth, yes, it's extremely cheap tunnel time over there. Right, it's like $100-something dollars an hour. Didn't it, I hear now, that today? Now it's wow. like a, down to like $160 an hour. That's insane. If, That's if you want to go into a war zone. Wait, is that, is that coached <laughs> as well? <laughs> Like coach time. That's for including coaching. That's including your hotel stay. That's including Holy three shit. meals a day. Damn. Yes. 
but you're going into a war zone, bro. Like back in January, like they were already pulling people out of our uh, uh, what is it? Consulates, yeah our, yeah, our embassies. They were pulling people out already Damn. back in gen- in the early couple weeks of January. So, mm-hmm. like when the when our country's like, hey, uh, y'all might need to go. I don't think that's a good idea to go back over. It's a cheap there. ass tunnel, though. I, I, it's very <laughs> enticing. Though. It's they're very like, enticing. they're like, in the daytime you will be in the wind, but at the nighttime you could take a forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> and and do, do, do you any of y'all know Hassan? Yeah, for Hassan. sure. Yeah. yeah. I know oh, Hassan. he was supposed to go with you, right? Yes, he was supposed to go with yeah. me, and he got COVID. So I ended up going to Moscow by myself, which is awesome, by it's the way. Crazy. Totally yeah. should go to a country you've never been to. Don't speak the language there by yourself. And and you're you like to stay at home too? It, was that your first time out of the country? Yes, I've never been out of the country before. Okay, so yeah, that's like quite the the culture shock you're going yeah, into. Yeah, for real. Like I, yeah. I, I'm I'm to, I've worked in South Texas my whole life, so I'm used to speak people not speaking English. You know what I mean? Mm. There's a lot of Hispanic <laughs> people around here. Yeah, and so going somewhere where you didn't speak the language, holy shit. Yeah. Like I, I had I not had Google Translate on my phone, I don't know how I would have gotten around. Like really? I was in the 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 they call it the metro, but it's the subway for okay. for Moscow. Yeah. Like I had no idea where the fuck I was going. My tunnel coach is like, "Oh, no problem. Just get on, go this way, and you'll you'll find it." <laughs> like I don't think so, bro. It's like, dude, no, I won't. I'm not. Yeah. From here. Wait, so like sometimes when you go to a different country, they'll have signs in multiple different languages. Did they yeah. have that in Russia, where like some is in English? They some... did once you got like closer into the city, but uh, like where he dropped me off at. No, Nothing. everything's in Russian. And I walked up to some like nice looking older w- Russian lady. I figure, oh, she maybe she helped me, you know. And I pro- broke out my Google Translate and she just starts laughing at me in Russian, bro. Like <laughs> this lady's like, and then like like pointing people to the side, like, hey, blah, 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 blah. come look at this stupid motherfucker that is from America, you know, like totally doing this to me. Have you uh, used, uh, do you realize Google Translate if you hold it up to text? Yes. yes. Dude, it's fucking, it's amazing. Try doing it with Russian because it doesn't work that Don't well. Russian. <laughs> the translation I, is just kind of weird, right? Like it, it doesn't quite. Yeah, some of it, like it's it's kind of weird, but it, it did work it with, on some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've done it with a bunch of a bunch of things, and and um, font fucks with it. Yes, is what I found. Like if mm-hmm. it's a font that it, that Google doesn't immediately recognize for a language, it, it fucks with it. So if the Jap- if in Japanese, if it looks more hand scripted Japanese, it doesn't have to be. But if it looks that way, Google seems to struggle with it. If it's properly printed, fonted Japanese, it seems to do completely fine with it. I learned about it in a tandem course. I was watching Aaron teach a tandem course, and this guy kept pulling out his phone and holding it up to his manual. At first, I'm like, he keeps pulling out his phone and reading his phone. Like, is this guy not listening to his instructor? Why is he on his phone? And so I keep watching him, and he's holding it to his sim i'm like and he keeps what the fuck is he and i finally after watching him do this like four or five times at this point four or five times i realize he's doing that i'm like hold on guys time out i'm supervising aaron's training to be an examiner she has to do so many in her supervision i don't understand the word that they're saying but i understand all the actions all the motions i can see he's trained well i'm like i, I you everything's going good you guys are doing fine but what the fuck are you doing with your phone man he goes my phone yeah yeah you keep pulling your oh and he goes yeah i'm, I'm translating what do you mean? I had no fucking clue this technology existed. So it was it was an interesting thing for me to eventually learn. We're getting ready to wrap. We're getting super close on time. So before we wrap, one thing we have to remember. Where the fuck are we eating and when are we eating? I'm fucking starving. Okay, well, uh, this is a great time to brainstorm then. 
It is, is. Pizza, so we talked about pizza once upon a time, doing I, pizza I, after pizza place. So we did burgers and donuts. So I feel like we got to mix it up. I think we should find a taco place. And uh, did we do? We didn't do pizza before. No. So yeah, tacos. Star pizza. Tacos and pizza. What, what sort of desserts? David Jones, what's a dessert you cannot resist? Marble slab. Okay. I can fuck with some ice cream for sure. I'm disappointed. Why? Marble slab hurts my feelings. Cold stone's way better. It's, I, mean, I don't it's know the, the difference. Thing. It's all no, ice cream. It's, yeah, it's ice cream on a piece of granite. <laughs> you know? No, I'm down with ice cream every day of the week. So... Ice cream. I had a root canal earlier today, by the way. Oh, oh really? My, yes. my today? Right yeah, today. Damn. So pizza, nice. tacos, ice cream. We're missing one dessert. You really want to do six places? I mean, it's three meals and three desserts. I feel like it's only fair. Do we start with the brunch? Do we like do this proper? We could. What, what's what, When you think brunch, what do you think? Crackhead barrel. I don't think these guys will do it. What, crackhead barrel? Cracker barrel? Cracker barrel. Why, these guys mean me? Like, <laughs> you you, front, you said guys these guys and you them? pointed at me and I got real confused. Yeah, how do you feel about Cracker Barrel? I mean, I don't know. I I'd, feel like I invited you to Cracker Barrel in the recent past and you were, seemed offended at the invitation. No, but that was probably more Katie than me. She hates it. I, I like, I can go for sure. Man, food is food. I'm, I'm down. But when I think brunch, I think like first watch. What does Katie? Oh, dude, first I watch? love first watch. First watch is dope. You've got me. You've been to first watch. I feel like I haven't heard of half of these places you're talking. Cracker dude, Barrel, you've heard of. Have you been to Snooze? Like. They have like okay. really good like Sorry. jam and stuff that they make uh, in the restaurant. Do you like like jellies, jams, that no. kind of shit? Okay, no first watch then. <laughs> my, my wife brought home some jalapeno strawberry jam. I was like, what the fuck are you That eating? does sound are weird. You, I know you're not pregnant. <laughs> I got my tube. <laughs> cut, you know? Hell yeah, in the club. That's what's yes. up. What did you call it? No babies. Snooze? What's snooze? Uh, I think it says Snooze AM Eatery. They have fantastic brunch. Uh, and it's right, ne- it's right next to... Are we trying to do this in Houston, in the city? I think we should do it in Russia. <laughs> okay, let's go. Hey, yeah. They have really fucking. <laughs> you you good got any food, of that tunnel time do left? They? Their food is fucking amazing. Really? Yeah. I don't think good food when I think Russia. Well, yeah. What is Russian food? Oh my god, it's amazing. A lot of basil and a lot of tomatoes and okay. beets. But like, I'm in. It is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm down for all that stuff. Yeah. Um. So yes, I just think it, it's. In the city is going to have more options. That's and that's really it's in the city has more options. So we like Baybrook has plenty of options, but it's completely out of the way compared to almost everybody. So, so I think this is what we should do: is we should start the research. We can even take suggestions from people who listen to the podcast about uh, a brunch place, a pizza place, an ice cream place, a taco place, Star Pizza. I don't know why we keep saying. Okay, we can say Star. I can, I'm good. I'm good yes. to go with Star Pizza. I haven't had. I can, it. Have you I, had Star Pizza? No. Okay. I know, but I know a gentleman's club where you get a free steak with a purchase of drink on Wednesdays. Do I get a lap dance? You could. Fuck yeah. You could. You could. <laughs> does it come with a steak? It does not come with a steak. Because uh, I'm thinking steak and a lap dance, and that's got to be a good day right there. Like at the same time? <laughs> Dude, you know, so one of the most amazing things in my life, I'm an ex-smoker, and I, I was a Californian, so you don't smoke inside in California ever because everything's illegal in California. And I was visiting my family in Indiana, and I was in a restaurant, probably a Texas Roadhouse or something similar, and I go into the bathroom to take a shit. And I'm sitting in the stall in the shitter in the restaurant, and there are ashtrays in the shitter. And it had cigarettes. Dude, I, you ever smoke a cigarette and take a dump? That is a good day. 
That right there. That sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> Dude, you talk about God, the smell. I just thought about walking into a room where you're shitting and smoking at the same time. And I definitely do not want to be in that room. Oh, man, but it felt good. Now that we're talking about you shit smoking, can we please talk about food again? Because it's making me hungry. So the shit smoking? Yeah. The f- <laughs> no, fucking, no, fucking. Uh, okay, so have you been to the chocolate bar at the dessert place? No, but you said chocolate, and I want to be in They here. have an amazing selection of desserts. They have cakes. They have chocolate, everything you can imagine. So I think that that could be on the list as a potential dirt, dessert, dessert place. We're going to have star pizza. We're going to have brunch to be determined. Snooze sounds great, by the way. Tacos to be determined. Sounds great. Uh, if you're making suggestions, you get bonus points and more pull if you're joining us. Yeah, possibly an invite if you're, a, if you're already in, on the list. You know what I'm saying? Brian Menard, you should join. Brian should definitely come. He was there last year. He did great. Was or he? Or two years ago. Yeah, he he definitely was there at Bergie's Burger. <laughs> Burning I think burger I actually bus. sat with him, like, in general. Okay, anyways. I bet I even have a video memory that we could watch and see. I remember Blake, Chara. You're in, right? Felipe. Yeah. Okay, oh, cool. Just making sure. We yeah, can't have right. plans. Yeah, okay, here. great. That's right. We start with to, Have you seen this? Raise that wing loading up a little bit. You know? there you Let's go. go. So Cheaper I'm, than buying a wing. I'm down with <laughs> ice cream in the dessert bar, so we need to think of a third dessert place and a third meal place. So there's a Cineholic opening up in Houston. <laughs> How near is it to all of that shit? Because <laughs> we just walked in. Uh, have you had Cineholic? I, I, I've like so. I've never heard of any of these places y'all are talking about. Cineholic. I've lived here my entire is life. It's vegan. Yeah. And don't even give a fuck about that word. Well, yeah, that's not a good way to sell it, but it's great. No, it's not. I, I say it out of the irony. Yeah. Dude, it is. Is, the, it, is it tofu? Do they have tofu? No, no it's cinnamon rolls. That. No, it's it's real cinnamon it's rolls. It's cinnamon they're rolls. They're super fucking good. Like, dude, the best cinnamon rolls. Out, dude, if, if, if Cineholic cinnamon rolls is shit, then I will eat shit. It is so good. It is. It's the best thing ever. So there's one that says temporarily closed right now, but it looks like it might be opening back up again. soon. that's just like, man, just outside of the 610 loop. If we were going to. Yeah, it's in a, it's like Galleria area. So imagine going to Cold Stone or Marble Slab. It, you go there, you order a cinnamon bun because they're all cinnamon buns and you choose the flavor of frosting and you choose the toppings and just like any of those other places. It's fucking phenomenal. The one thing I see people do wrong is they put 20 toppings on and a bunch of... No, like you need a frosting and two toppings. You, you don't need to overcomplicate oh, yeah. it. I just pick what frosting I want that day, and I tell the guy or gal behind the counter, like, yo, I want uh, the banana frosting. What's your favorite two toppings with banana frosting? And let them... Like the people who work this at these the places... This is the creme brulee... Cinnamon roll. That looks fucking amazing. Dude, no, it was the like, third. I'm salivating. It was the third right away. I haven't eaten. It was the third one time. I had that day. Okay. I went hard. I, I, yeah, that's yeah, like the, that's the bananas foster I'm, that I had. I'm right glad before that it. you eat like I do. Yeah, dude. All food is not, like you should go for the food, but you should also go to see that man right there. Just go as hard as he possibly can because I'll make not, a mess of myself, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not there. Yeah, dude, it's impressive. Like I'm, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm that kind of eater yeah. as well. Oh yeah, dude, you guys are gonna get along perfectly. Yes. Then I I can eat oh, a pound of steak, n- like yeah. no questions asked. Maybe a pound and a half. Okay, not yeah, dude, Fosters. this is the perfect Maybe thing that's for you. It's gonna yes. be a good time. It's a good time, dude. It's it's a. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is, I, I, it's a pretty obvious statement said and done, but people gathering around food is always one of the most epic times. 
People are happy together. People are happy eating food, celebrating life together over food, fellowshipping over food. Dude, it's a good fucking time. So sharing food, breaking bread together for the entire day is gut-wrenching in so many ways. I've I've gone a couple of times to the restaurant over there at 521 in Highway 6 on Saturdays. A lot Keep of a lot of people like to come. Oh, the El Regio, the El, Mexican. Yeah, I've, have you have you been? You've, I'm sure you've a couple been times. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that is probably a really great moment to like go hang out with other jumpers and eat. Five twenty one and six. Okay, cool. Just putting it where it's at. Yeah. No, I haven't eaten there. I um, commonly when it comes time to end of the day and time to eat, I just come home and eat. I uh, the stuff you face thing is probably the biggest groups I go out with. I tend to shy away from large groups. I'm very similar. I'm a very introvert, which is kind of strange because I love going to hang out at the drop zone with around a shitload of people. But other than that, I don't go out a whole lot. Skydiving brings different things out of all of us for sure. For most of us, it brings the best out of us and takes whatever awkwardness we have and helps us overcome it. For some rare people, it brings the worst out of them, which... That's Nick's job. Congratulations. You're a manager. (laughs) 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 No, I really do like my job. You know, there it goes uh, up and down. My pleasure in uh, dealing with uh, some of the problems. And it's in a good good spot right now. Mr. Jones, can I talk to you for just a second? (laughs) Sure, Nick. What you got? (laughs) Tell me about your skydive. How was it? Yeah. You know. Dude, how was your job? Mr. Jones. Tell me about your skydive. What no, do you remember? Dude, how was your job? That's how it always starts. If you hear me say, "How, hey, how was your job? <laughs> I might have some other stuff to say. But man, I really do feel like uh, I'm, I'm a lot better at managing my own emotions in those situations. Because it's like, hey, it does not help me at all to be upset. And whatever yeah. that person did, they didn't do it to piss me we, off. We have talked about this before. Have we? Yes, we have. Okay. Well... It's in a good spot right now. I don't mind. I think uh, I enjoy the people that bring uh, new and exciting things into my life on most days. So uh, it's been interesting watching. Bring you. it, motherfuckers. We got to wrap it up. But as we wrap it up, I will say you and I've had this conversation. Um, you have definitely tempered your emotions. You know, imagine any job we have, right? The first time you deal with any stressful environment or stressful situation, it's the biggest stressful thing you've ever dealt with. The fifth time you've dealt with that exact same kind of stressful situation, it's just a different dumbass today who's bringing that stressful situation. Watching you have had these experiences and had that seasoning, I, I, I like seeing where you're at, man. I'm very, we've, we've talked about this personally, but publicly, it's good to see you well, in a happy place. I, I appreciate it. It's, uh, winter's been good and it's been a good time to digest and reflect and uh man i feel like i'm ready for a busy summer man i hope the rest of the staff is i hope everybody else is mr cojones what are you ready for this summer as we wrap up i'm ready to get them jumps in man man guys i'll I'll be getting my 500 here shortly hell yeah i do want to share one last thing about david jones you are one of the nicest people that I know at the drop zone. You and I know that it makes no you idea. uncomfortable <laughs> when I say that. But man, I've seen you do so many nice things for people yeah. that uh, reveals. You know, I know that you have a, a past where you maybe look at uh, who who you used to be. And man, I would say you're definitely you used to be that person because you're super kind. You're super giving. I've seen you do a lot of very helpful, like way further than going the extra mile type of favors for people. And man, I'm super uh, I'm super happy that we found you, man. I'm happy that you're part of the group. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Man, I really wanted to dive a little bit more into that conversation tonight. We're turning into a pumpkin at certain hours, so it makes it super easy. I love guests that we never got to get anywhere we wanted to get with. It means we have to do this again sometime. 
hope you'll join us. Uh, I'll tell you, we'll typically wait a year between guests before we do it again. But please join us again. We'll do this sometime. sometime. We'll, we'll do. We'll um, I have seen and heard a lot of the generosity you have at the DZ. I love hearing that. It's uh, The word community has gone around in this group a lot. What the people mean to you has gone around in this group a lot. Um, the, your openness and willingness to learn. Alex shares a lot of his experiences with you. You guys spend a lot of time together on the DZ. And it's, it's always fun because watching somebody like you who's very driven can be very scary for us who are veterans because a lot of people who are driven get blinded by that passion. And it was very neat to watch you be very driven. But when you get checked by a homie, when you get checked by somebody who's trying to help you out, you don't feel like you're getting called out. You feel like you're getting helped. And so I really have a lot of admiration for the way you've driven through your process, but been able to be open to others, man. It, it really mad respect for the way you've been working and Thank doing you. that, man. So keep it up. Anything you want to share with your friends and family before we get out of this biatch? No, thanks for having me, guys. Funky white boy, play that white boy music. Guys and gals, Gravity Lab Radio in, uh, what, two weeks from now. We actually have another guest scheduled. Uh, sorry we were gone in the last couple weeks. Just had a bunch of shit going on in my life, a bunch of shit going on in the rest of the team's life. So we were gone. But in two weeks, do you remember who's going to be here? No. Billabong model ex-surfer. Oh, Blair Blah. Smith. Fuck yeah. yeah. Blair Smith, super good guy. You know Blair, right? Uh, not personally, but I've heard of him. <laughs> You've not met Blair? <laughs> no. Never. Oh my Man, God! I'm already practicing though. Let's go. Yeah, uh, the nicest guy on the planet. Sorry, as nice as you are, you can get fucked. He is just the <laughs> sweetest homeboy in the world. Guys and gals, till then, two weeks from now, we're out of here. Blue skies. Thank you for being with us, DJ. Thank you. You're welcome, brother. Bye bye. Get the fuck out of my house. Go home. The microphones are still on. What? Hey, you know how my mom was watching earlier? Yeah. I broke a wine glass two nights ago. Oh my God! At a restaurant this time. The last time his mom watched, he broke a wine glass on my floor. Right there at that table. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really good at doing the, the wrong thing. Bye, world. <laughs>